like that. <laughs> like that. Mm. I gotta pull out my Fast tone. What's up, podcast listeners? Welcome to another episode of T-Bomb. That's right, this business of music. We're here from Seattle, Washington, coming to you from Creative Media Alliance down in Pioneer Square, where there's lots of traffic. Is there lots of traffic? No, there's not lots of traffic. There's just lots of things being trafficked. There's a lot of trafficking going on down Stuff here. And um, our gracious host, Mr. Ryan, Mr. Ryan Fanzler, is letting us uh, use his awesome room. So i got to tell Thank you about you, this Ryan. window right here. Mm-hmm. Total mirror, 100%. You cannot see in here, so people will stop and do, like, crazy stuff, man. It's, yeah. It, it, it Ryan, make, Ryan said there could be penises. There might be penises involved. Like, a guy has actually whipped his penis out and started checking it out in that window. <laughs> this is how we're starting the well, show. It's, it's just a straight mirror, so he has no idea there's anything on the other side of this, and he's just like, oh, check out my dick. You cannot and, see yeah. in here at all, so it should make for good podcast. But we put out right? a sign. We're like, podcast recording, no penises, please. So we're here with Michael, Mike Wansley, Mr. Wansley. What, what do you want me to call you, Mike? The Wands? T-Wands? Wands is fine. Wands is fine. I like it. So, Mike, we go, we've go. we met a few times. we talked a few yeah, times. I'm grateful yeah. for you to be here. I'm looking at your stuff. Man, you got a really interesting career. So you're a singer, songwriter, rapper, bass player. Is it safe to say actor? I don't know how the rapper part got in there. I've never, ever gotten that one. And I've, yeah. tried to like, I've tried to squash it like four or five I, times before I get pulled into a battle say, and get completely wiped the floor I actually, with. I was, yeah, I actually shudder a little bit. Of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking it out. We're taking that out. Yeah, uh, take the rapper not, part not out. But yeah, everything yes. else is good. I've done acting. Yeah. I've done voiceover work. Uh, I've Ooh. done opera. I've done... You did do the opera. I've done Windows. Get the fuck out of here with the opera. So I know about Porgy and Bess. Yeah, that's that's opera. Yeah, that's the opera. opera. I guess that is opera. Operatic. Mm -hmm. Um, So not your classic Italian opera. Well, I could do that, but I just chose to spare myself. Let's start there. Tell me about Porgy and Bess because who did you play? What did you do? So Porgy and Bess, uh, this all started in 2011. A friend of mine that I went to college with just called me up random and says, you need to go down and audition for the Seattle Opera. They need African-American singers for their production of no. Porgy and Bess. And I'm like, like, wait, I'm like, what? I qualify for that? What? <laughs> that's, that's racist. <laughs> I think it's like one. And she said, uh, you know, what well, we sang for forever together in college. Mm-hmm. Right. I know you. I know how your background. I know your background. I know how you sing. Just go down and do it. So, so I go over to her house. I get one voice lesson. She gives me a piece of music. I go down and do the audition. I get a call back. Mm-hmm. And I go back to her house, see, I told you, see, I told you. So we get another lesson, she gives me another piece of music, blah, 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 go down and, and poof, all of a sudden I am a chorus member, which right. just means, you know, it's a supporting cast that backs up the leads like Porgy Bess and, and yeah. you know. That's, you know, that's hard. That kind of, that, that kind of theater is hard. I mean, it's, I call it theater because it's very theatrical. Well, it is theatrical, but I mean, you know, to do it once is like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But then to be called upon and asked to do it twice mm-hmm. by two different directors two mm-hmm. different productions it was like oh right on. so two different runs yes and how long were the runs well the runs are they're they're, they're actually pretty short most opera performances don't last more than 10 days 10 days 10, couple, 12 days couple a couple weeks, weeks yes yeah. yeah so that was 2011 and then last summer or last spring we started rehearsals and we performed last august and, and you do the same role, you just chorus. No, it was just the chorus part, yeah. but it was a whole different production. So uh, the difference between, in, in, in 2011, I was cast as the blind man of Catfish Row, mm-hmm. which oh. basically meant I had a stick, and it was like I was annoying people. But in, <laughs> And I wore dark sunglasses, and I could pretty much do what I want. All I had to do was sing the backing parts like the rest of the oh, chorus. Yeah. It was fine. It's a nice gig. And then this one, um, let's see, did I have an actual, I didn't even have an actual name. 
but it was a now small. That's racist. It was, it was a, yeah. It was a smaller. <laughs> it was a smaller chorus. Yeah. Um, so the interaction between the leads was stressed. It was it was emphasized. Right. And and the reviews from people who have seen both have been well. We like this modern one better than we like the first one because it seems more interactive. Which in in the thirties. Black communities were quite tight knit, especially in the South. Everybody watched out for one another. So it was adapted, kind yeah, of. To, sort of. Sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I know Jody was going to say, you know, that with minus the stick, you already have sunglasses and are annoying to people. So yeah, this is Charlie. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, us both. It's one of the things I love to do the yeah. most. I like to start way back. So you see, are you Seattleite? <laughs> I'm like 80s, 90s. Where are you from? Where are you again? <laughs> like the beginning, yeah. the beginning of it all. Go, you go way back. Uh, way back in the time. Back in the time. <laughs> so, uh, I graduated from Lakes High School in Lakewood, Washington in yeah, 1979. Mm-hmm. Went to college mm-hmm. in Central Washington University. Left there in 86 and moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And two weeks after getting here, started my run, my three and a half year run as a clerk at Tower Records in the U District, which oh, no yes. longer exists. Yes. Great store. Yes. Great store. I, I kind of like the one in Queen Anne a little better than that one. But I didn't because there was too many system. damn people. There was in the yeah. Queen Anne one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, University was It was so snooty and they thought they were the, you know, the cat's meow. And U District was dope because, I mean, it was mostly students and, and you know, we could chase shoplifters and that was, yeah. that was so yeah. bomb. That's back when you could beat up shoplifters. That's right, yeah. man. It was so bomb. I had, uh, it's like, I just, oh, yeah. I, it's funny because like about a month ago I had dinner with three guys that I used to work with, right? Mm-hmm. And they, that's one of the things that they said, oh, you just love to chase shoplifters. Yeah. Remember that one that you chased and it was like all across... Uh, University <laughs> Ave and up and onto the campus. I said, "Oh, I remember it vividly." Did you get him? I was running after him, going, "The more you run, the more pissed <laughs> off I get, and the more ass I'm gonna be." Yeah, that, that is that is the and call I, of man. every record clerk. Woo! Every single one. I caught that guy, put my knee in the middle of his back, and just wailed on him. It was so <laughs> much fun. Okay, okay. What did he take? Um, <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, he took. Three cassettes. Uh-huh. 86. 86? Three cassettes, yeah. Late 80s sometime. It was 87 when this one happened. Like so what, what was it? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. That wasn't the important part. I'm just going to make the, it up. The important part. Panorama, new edition. Dude, the, and let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you. The important part was once we got across 15th and actually got onto the campus, mm-hmm. I was like really pissed. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you it. have to stop because if I catch you, you're going to wish you never stopped. So now you're losing your job. For oh, that no. Now, now you're like, just confusing me. Like, if don't stop, but I need you to stop. But if you stop, I'm going to kill you. But you need to not stop. Because now... No, I, I needed him to stop. <laughs> stop and die. That was, that was your... Little, stop and die. Stop and die. Great stop op- so I can kill you. Great yeah, options. But it, was, but it was cool. I mean, you know... <laughs> Not for him. Yeah. Not for him. It was and not the, good then the other one, the other one, Over this was way more. Was the, this was back in the day when they had like the old, the old coin slotted uh, parking meters, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So I'm this very Iranian, with that, them. Yeah, <laughs> shit. The Iranian. This I never forget. This was so weird because I'm behind the counter. I'm actually checking out customers, and this Iranian guy, and I spot him as he comes out of the cassette aisle, and he's eyeballing me, and I'm eyeballing him. I got done with the customer and closed the drawer slowly as he got to the door. The alarm went off, and he ran out the door, and I right behind him, and we're going running down the store. Before we got to the corner, I'm just an arm's length away, and I just kind of pushed him, and he had on really you know nice leather shoes mm-hmm. of a kind oh, with no traction and no soul you. oh man he, he he drifted off just to the side caught a caught a meter right in the square of his oh, chest oh, it was ow. it was like a cartoon all four oh, limbs were stretched out bam he sat on his ass it was oh, so bad 
So are you um, – I, I just want to say I hope that the day came and those men are still alive and hopefully doing well in their oh, lives. as far as I know. And that they saw you on fucking television. They're like, that's the fucking guy that smashed me into a parking meter over a cassette. Because you don't forget that. <laughs> my, my, I can officially say that my legal representation has not been contacted. <laughs> so that is good. That's good to know. So it's amazing how times have changed because I watch guys walk out with like what skill saws at fucking Home Depot and they're like, oh, oh we can't. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, still you, know why, you know why that is? Because you'll get outside and they'll pull a gun and plug your butt. Yeah. Right? And you'll get fired. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get, get fired, fired on. Or you kill them. Or whatever on. happens, it's not going to work out and they're going to own a Home Depot and it's going to suck for everybody. You will get fired on. So oh, you yeah. are are you rocking out at that point? You're, uh, yeah. At that point, I was trying to really – I was really focusing on – I had this idea of taking rock guitar. Like the kind of rock guitar that was not quite to the Def Leppard level. But, you know, pretty much the straight-ahead rock and roll, the driving straight-ahead, almost Americana rock and roll, mm. and putting a funk beat to it and, and having it be straight-ahead. Actually, mm. having a straight-ahead beat, like a dance beat, boom, right. boom, boom, but then having a thumb and pluck underneath it. Mm. Right? And I was, I was just all happy as a clam until the fall of 1988. And which, what happened? Or no, it was the spring of '89. That's when it happened. It's a great lead up. We, yeah, we had a we had an in store by this band that was new, and they were called they were called the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Living Color. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> totally. They did that. To you. And from the time I heard it's that totally record, amazing. I was like, "Damn it! That was my fucking idea. That's the fucking that's what I wanted to do." Yeah. So yeah. of course, when they got to, when they got in, yeah. I was like standing with my arms crossed, foot tapping, going, "Oh yeah, you fucker." And uh, you know they, we go, well, all get introduced. And, right. It's right. like shake my hand. Yeah. Well, I play bass. Oh, okay. We're here. This is Muzz Killing. Yeah, I hear you, Muzz. Yeah. Finally, Corey goes, "What's what's the deal, man?" And I said, "You guys sound exactly like what I've been imagining for the last three years." Mm-hmm. And they just started. They all started laughing. <laughs> Why didn't you move yeah. to New York? Who's the right. singer? Yeah. Who's the lead singer for that band? Corey. Corey, Corey. Corey Glover. He yes. and I are still friends. So he like, just did. I just saw um, David Bowie's band, yep. at, and he just was the lead singer for that yep. whole thing. Oh my yep. god, it was. Fun. Well, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, but, I've kept in touch with. It's so funny because it started this weird little symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Every time they came to town, mm-hmm. every time for every record they came to town, I had a gig or was going to not be here. Right. And yeah. I was keeping in touch. I, I, I'd met. They were all, like, sure, Mike. Yeah. Sure, not right. Here. You know, we I'd get it. Come down and knock on the bus. And we stole they're, your they're idea. Playing, they're playing at the Paramount for the Times Up tour. They're playing the Paramount. I come knock on the bus and and. <laughs> And uh, Calhoun opens the door, and he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, what are you doing here? <laughs> I live here, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Besides stealing my music. Right? So, you know, <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah. Corey comes out, and we talk. We chop it up for a little bit. Are you going to come to the show? No, I can't come to the show. You never come to the show. It's not my fault. So with the advent of the internet, Corey and I have like, kept in touch for years. Yeah. For years, we've been going to the bands, going, been going back and forth. In 93, I think it was, when he... Uh, Formed Reverend Daddy Love. Mm-hmm. He brought Reverend Daddy Love. And one of their first shows was playing the Big Smooth Cool Out. Oh wow! At Golden Gardens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was Reverend Daddy Love. Erica Badu mm-hmm. was the headliner. Mm-hmm. So when you go back through your classic videos and you're watching Erica Badu do that, you better call Tyrone. Mm-hmm. Right. Call me. 
right? That was a live. That was live. Yeah. At Golden Gardens, nice. I, was, I watched that video being shot. Because oh, it's like always been the, like the weirdest thing. That's crazy. But who opened for Reverend Daddy Love? My band, the Ghetto Monks. Nice. Yeah. I listened to a little bit of that. Wow. Yeah, the Ghetto yeah. Monks. Yeah. We're trying to figure out how we can like we wanted we want to play again, but. Now that the Seattle culture has changed so much, we can't find a place to play. Dude, it was pretty funny because the picture is just like, I told you, these yeah. dudes with super long hair, just total Hessian rocker looking dudes. And then you're sitting and then in the middle I'm standing of the, like, the end. I mean, I was like, you should have put some hair over his head like that. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of good ones. And it's like, one of these things is not like the other. Right. <laughs> one of these things just doesn't belong. I, I run across old um, old demos sometimes. It's pretty funny to see what we used to look like back then. It's yeah, amazing. It's pretty, pretty so you were rocking out. You were a rocker. You I, were... Was, I, was, I, was, I was a rocker and hung out with all in the rocker spots. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, back in that, you were there. It's like, you yeah. know, the Frontier Room, First Avenue. Fuck it's yeah. like people, people, we got chased out of Pioneer Square. Cause everybody Nina? Used, oh, we used to hang out at the, at, at the, uh, at the J&M mm-hmm. and... The central, yeah, and, then, the... and then go next door and laugh at all the old people at Larry's Greenfront. Yep, yep. But then all the all the jocks started coming down there, and we mm-hmm. bounced up to Belltown because Belltown. nobody went to Belltown. Yeah, and that's when you know the Frontier Room with Nina, yeah. the uh, lesbian bartender who was like, you know, she'd kick almost any dude. She'd so kick, she would kick the rocks ass. Let me tell you a story about her. So we're this guy's just getting stupid on her, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're you know we're like big dudes, all crazy sunglasses, and like, what's up, Nina? And she doesn't say a word. She jumps over the bar, and she's got she had a pistol, bro, and she cracked this guy right in the nose, exploded his nose, picked him up, threw him outside. He's bleeding, and we're like, whoa, she's a badass, man. Yeah, I got one of those too. She does not. I, oh. Yeah, because we're sitting at one end of the of the far end of the bar, because you know you come in the you come in the sideways, and you're right almost right next to the register. Yeah. So yeah. we walk. We were like three steps down from the register on the bar. Me and and, and a couple of guys from the band. And there was a guy who was almost right across from the register, and he was just flipping shit. Mm. He was just blah, blah, blah. Yeah, God, you know, you look more like a dude than you do a woman. Oh, no, no, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and she goes, you know, she goes, you know, there's a lot of this that I can take because I take it all the time. But you don't want to ever push me too far. Yeah. Now, she told him that. She will tell a motherfucker. Twice. Yeah. She told him that. Yeah. And I mean, she was nice about it. Didn't even cuss at him. It was yeah. so amazing. We were sitting, we were at the end of the bar drinking our lizard pisses going, this is going to be. This is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> so it went on and on for about another 30, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. right? And finally, she, you know, he said something. I can't remember what he said, but he turned, he said something. And all she did was turn around just her head mm-hmm. and just looked at him. And I, I, the guy's next to me, I go, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And I'm just no, this is how it was with Here it comes, right? And, and so yeah. she served two other people, and when she put their money in the register, mm-hmm. she pulled out her pistol and turned around and put it four inches from this guy's head. Yeah. And she goes, would you like another? Oh, my God, this is good. And it was like, <laughs> and, and, and the whole room just stopped. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like time fucking yeah. stopped. You could, you could hear a pin drop on carpet. It was amazing. So I remember like a defining point with me and her was I got her to smile and I was like I'm a regular. Oh, you too? I'm a fucking regular man. I'm, I'm, oh my I'm god. Gonna, I'm going to play the character that I usually plays, the person who hasn't lived in Seattle all their life and doesn't know um, this. I have been to the I did go to the frontier room before it closed. Yeah. So I have some frame of reference, but give us a little history on like what what that was all about. I mean, it was a notorious dive. Mm-hmm. The drinks were intensely strong. Mm-hmm. Intensely strong. Um, yeah. but like I mean, how so we're talking about the 80s now. 
Nineties, uh, eighties, nineties. Yeah, early nineties. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, the, look, think about it this way: it's like those bands that everyone now has heard of. This is when they were still woodshedding, and they were just regular people mm-hmm. hanging out at the Vogue. And right. People would right. have people would go and drink beer at the Vogue. Right. I've, I've heard of this, the Vogue as well. Right. Oh, and yeah. see, the, you could drink beer at the Vogue, but yeah. the Vogue didn't have what was called a Class H license. Right. You had to have food in order to have a Class H license, right. which served booze, served hard booze. Right. Now the Frontier Room was a restaurant in front and the bar was in back. Did people actually eat food at the Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was open all day, but the, right. all the good shit happened like at about 10.30 sure. to 2. Right. Right? Right. So, uh, musicians are notorious, you know, it's like a money thing, you know, money, you know. Sure. So you go and get as many free beers as you can from money at, 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 at the Vogue. Or yeah, money. Like and finally, it's time, okay, let's go get hard pops and, right. you know, you stumble down the street. And, you know, past, past the little store that Rick and Raj, the guys who owned... Oh, Rick and Raj! Rick and Raj the owned... A, uh, yeah, they opened a, a little... They had a little a little market there that they right. owned, and they, right. they owned, on the side, they owned London Bridge Studios. Yeah. Right. So amazing. I saw... Oh, no, they were oh, at the wake. Oh, okay, yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Parashar? Parashar? How did you say that guy's name? Parashar. 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 Yeah. Parashar. Yeah. So um, you walk across that, and you walk, cra- walk past... Queen City Grill and wondered who the fuck eats there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It's an old people joint because, right. you know, there's little candles on the table. They just do cocaine. Right. Oh, God. We used to cocaine do. and candles. We it's used to, like, stand out the stand outside, outside, you know, be as, as rocked out as possible, hair all everywhere, bandanas and stuff, looking all grubby, and just put our faces against the window. <laughs> <laughs> the old, old people in ties and the women are just old blue hair just going... So we can assume everyone's seen singles, or we can talk about, like, who was around at that time. Like, We're in that movie. Like, Are you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a fucking trip. I have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> You'll, it, I dare you to find it, but I can, oh, oh, I can tell you exactly where it is. Don't you fucking dare me. I'll da- I dare you to find it. Because it's like, it's, like, right in the middle. It's in the middle of the frame, right. but it only lasts eight of a second. second. Yeah. 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 Is it in one of the club scenes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us were. Yeah. Soundgarden's uh, Sound Sound uh, yeah. Sound on uh, uh, on stage, and they're uh-huh. doing Ritual, or what is that song? Birth Ritual. Yeah, yeah. Birth where ritual. was that? Where, where did they film song. that scene? At uh, Off-Ramp. Was it the Off-Ramp? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and that's, works- a, that's a scene where they can't get somebody to come out of the bathroom, yeah. and all the stone of the bathroom stacked up against the wall. i got to rewatch that movie. It's so cool. To, so around this time, the city looks dope. we've got, you know, basically all the musicians that came to be. I had long hair then. Oh, Whoa. And that's how you'll find me because you'll see my braids like whip up into the oh, shot. Shit. So, Just like anyway, very clever. So, yeah. It all comes back around. So, so yeah. So, uh, but, so, but tell them, Watts, because this is a time when like nobody was anybody yet. Nobody right. wasn't, you know, there wasn't, there was this time where like, you know, actually, had, this was, this was, it was right on the, right on the cusp. It was about to happen. Yeah. This was right, right on the cusp. Like of, it was popping of, here, but of, it wasn't. Love Bone was about to get signed. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, they filmed, it, it was, was like they filmed singles. And then, like three weeks later, was the right. infamous show mm-hmm. at the Central, right. where there's three record label guys and the guy right. from Geffen got yeah. right, right. So for our listeners in Sri Lanka, Mother Love Bone was Mother Love Bone was the uh, the the joining of two Seattle perennial like total closet only only people in the suburbs knew of bands. Right. right. One was Malfunction and the other one was Green River. Got yep. it. So members of those guys got together and they formed Mother Love Bone. 
Yeah, Mother Love Bone. Right? Love Bone was, Breakdown. So that was basically the guys that came to be in Pearl Jam. Yeah, and Andy, Andrew, Wood, and Andy, Andy Wood. Wood Andy Wood was their lead singer, and he, you know, he was an amazing performer, but he was a junkie. Right. So he got clean, and when he got clean, all of a sudden, they had four gigs, and every single, all four of those gigs are legend. Every right. single one of them. They yeah. only played four gigs? They only played, the fourth gig That's was so the one crazy. that I was telling you about. It's so, so amazing at the Central, and they had him up on a piano above the stage, oh. and a Above the crowd, wow! Because that stage is already yeah. really. And he high. did Crown of Thorns and Colored uh, up there, Jesus. and it was it was. I mean, oh my god! But wow. dude, it is oh my god because right now I'm just going. Yeah, Whoa. and Ryan remembers all this shit. Yeah. Ryan remembers it too because he was. We were skating around Capitol Hill, and there was a buzz in the air that you were like, "Whoa, this is coming from here. This right. is yeah. coming from my yeah. neighborhood." Because yeah, I was in fucking Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska yeah. at this time in high school, and and like the buzz was there. People were like, "Hey, oh. have you heard of Mother Love Bone?" Alaska. And I'm like, "Fuck is Mother Love Bone?" Alaska. Oh, yeah. What high school in Anchorage? Ursa Minor Elementary School, Fort Rich, yo. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> my first memory. What's funny is our where guest. I became, our, our guest I became self-aware. Our guest next week, Carrie yeah. Ockery, yeah. was the first Seattle musician I ever met. I met her in Anchorage, Alaska, because Hammerbox was the only band that would come Tight. to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Tight. Or come to Anchorage. Them and Critters Buggin'. Critters was, Buggin'. Yeah. Oh, I remember those guys. Skerrick, if we're, you're listening. we got to get Skerrick on the show. Fucking contact you to get on the show and stop being a dick. Skerrick, get on the show. This is space. <laughs> so there, there was buzzing then. You're right. Yeah. It was crazy and it wasn't... Uh, everybody was about to become somebody. Everybody was about yeah. to come somebody. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. not, even, not even two weeks after... Love Bone got signed. Alice got signed. Mm-hmm. Right. right after Alice right. got signed, or no, Soundgarden got signed, and then Alice got signed. Mm-hmm. All, all that happened within three months. Mm-hmm. Three of Seattle's biggest bands all get nailed, and the whole music community totally lost its mind mm-hmm. and fractured, and everybody split, and you know everything. It changed everything. Well, that's when Andy. That's when Andy got out of treatment, and mm-hmm. he uh, got a, he got out of treatment. They started rehearsing for uh, the tour, and he had a hundred days clean. And they they were supposed to they were mm. supposed to leave the next day on yep. their first tour date, oh. and he had a hundred days clean, and he was so happy he celebrated with a speedball and killed himself. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, he used to live in the apartment with a big smiley face on it, like yep. a block from me. It's the Len bias of grunge. Oh my god, that's yeah. fucking crazy. Uh, it, I didn't realize that. It I didn't took. A, I mean, like, you know, if it, if it hadn't have been for Nirvana, that would have been the defining moment of right. Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, since Hendrix. Right, Seattle death. It's a trip to think what would have happened, like what direction they. I mean, it would have been just glamorous and awesome and wonderful. I mean, that's a that's an album that I still listen to this day. Old school fucking Love Bone. It's just like so. That deep. Apple record is legend, oh man. God. Captain High Top, the Love Commander. Yeah. Crazy, the dude. One, that's the only one I listen to because that's the one that you know, hanging out at the Vogue. That's the song that reminds me of Andy. Right. Period. End of stories. Captain High Top. Yeah. Because that's exactly who he was. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the, the Frontier Room was basically like the darkest, deepest, mm-hmm. sticky store floor place you could go to. to With the know. strongest drinks on strongest the planet. Drinks. Yeah. yeah, I had one of those drinks, and that's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I remember. I saw, me, I saw me, speaking it's of Home true. Depot, I saw Nita at Home Depot. No! Yeah, and she, she was, still is here? Yeah, she's still she's a, uh, she's a carpenter. She's a contractor now. Imagine that. Yeah, right? God bless you. Um, so she, I got thrown out of there because I kept coming up ordering Cokes, and she was like, what the fuck is... They, they used to call me Space back then. My nickname. 
MySpace ordering Cokes because I had a half gallon under the table. Of course. And, and she came over and she just, she busted me. She was yeah. the, and like, you're on probation. Get out of here. And I'm like, oh, yes, you know, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, please, please do not put your foot up my ass. Yeah. And so oh. I just went to, um, where did I go? I think I made the nightlight my jam after that for a minute. Oh, oh and um, God, what was across from the nightlight right there? There was another bar that was just great. Target. Targets across no. the street. No, what was it? Not Targets. <laughs> Gib- that's right. Gibson House. The Gibson House. Oh, yes. the Gibson House. I, I, I could never flow there, dog. I love it. <laughs> like, the there's Gibson no house. way I was going there. <laughs> ah, so there are just certain places the brother did not go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, I'm, and it's amazing because we had Marco on. We had Marco Collins on and a couple other people. Dave Place. Nice. And, it, and it's like we were in the same room together yeah. at some point, you yeah. and I. I mean, oh, yeah. it, you know, and it's I was talking to Mick out there about this, like the microcosm of the Seattle scene and how so many people could be in the same room and not know each other because it's just such a, you know, it was just it was it was really cool. But um, it was amazing. It was an amazing time to grow up. It was an amazing time to be in the industry. Well, there was a vibe here that was, I think, still unparalleled. I mean, if you look at what's come after it, you know, even the Fleet Foxes and, and mm-hmm. Head and the Heart and bands like that. They're, they still did not. They still did not have the sense of community Mm-mm. that we had. I yeah. mean, all these bands, all the bands that you know that that are made Seattle famous, were all friends. Mm-hmm. They all hung out. They all went yes. up to each yeah. other's shows. They yeah. all went to each other's houses for parties. You they, would see they, them at house parties. You would for see sure. them at ho- all the time. I yeah. mean, the the and and the hangers on each each band had its own entourage, and that entourage mm-hmm. everybody was friends. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. And you know, bands would like you know, like where did where the hell did Shotgun Mama come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bathtub Gin. All bathtub that stuff. Gin. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all these bands are like Sleep a, Capsule. Woo! I mean, uh, Cat Butt. All those. Oh! You know, yeah. Just a ton of bands. And like then there that. was. And then there was the infamous image. 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 I don't image. remember image. Well, you don't remember image? No. no. Not image. Uh, that's Davy C's band. No. Ah. Davy C is the drummer of that band, and they had a they had a, a larger chick, black chick, female, you know, singer. So I was a person, and she was the epitome of. Who was who was it? You're, I can't remember her name. I never I never really liked them because it was just too outside. It was too much for me. Right, right. I've always been a pop guy. I've always been a cream puff. Yeah, Davy C can fucking play though. Still. So I was hanging out with the with the other four or five black dudes in the industry. The <laughs> <laughs> Action Buddy. Oh uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Dirk and, and and all those cats and the the brothers. Um, and and that was. Uh, that was fun as shit. That I, that was my groupie scene. Yeah, like, yeah I was yeah. with them, and there was a couple other bands that I used to hang out, hang out with all the time. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, yeah, I can get you a band for your house party because they play anywhere. They just yeah. do anything. So. And everybody was always down. I mean, it was so it was so cool because everybody was always down. Yeah, everybody yeah. was always down. And everybody behaved themselves. I mean, there was never there was never this weird. That whole weird Seattle vibe thing that that has somehow evolved here, where it's the like, freeze. oh, dude, yeah, man, yeah. and then they just ghost out on yeah. you. Yeah, that whole freeze thing. It never used to happen. You think that's happening now? Like, you think? So oh, I, I know, know it's happening now. I know there's like house. There's a scene. There's a house party scene that. Um, so uh, Chad Baclou. He would say, yeah. yeah, we're doing this thing where we're playing like three different shows in a night and there's other three bands are playing four other houses and mm-hmm. they just have this circuit, mm-hmm. you know, the DY, DYC or DYI thing. And, mm-hmm. DIY. That one. Okay. Yeah, I'm dyslexic, man. And that, that, the dyslexic, DIY that's thing. And that's a, <laughs> there's a sense of uh, camaraderie there, but it's a little right. different. I mean, it's, yeah, well, right. I mean, everything's changed. I mean, everything's changed. I mean, the whole sure. vibe, the whole vibe of the city, the whole vibe of the music community mm-hmm. is different. Excuse me. The, the, the whole vibe of the music business has changed. And, uh, you know, I've always lived in the North End and come into town and mm-hmm. I've seen it change. Yeah. 
over the past 20 years. You've been here the whole time. I've been here the whole time. Yeah. See, I left and came back. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. And you could hear the crickets. Yeah. I mean, you were just like, whoa, this is not the same Seattle. It's kind of a different, Mm -hmm. the venues were different, Mm -hmm. except for the show box. Yeah, you you really want to trip yourself out sometime? Go to Ozzy's. Yeah. Go to Ozzy's on a Thursday night. Yeah. And it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I've been, some of my boys work there and I've been in there a few times. What's Ozzy's? Tell us. It, now it's a, a disgusting what? frat bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, Which is actually the only, the only, only thing I've, the only version of Ozzy's I ever saw. It's terrible. So yeah. what was, what was it like? You no, know, I didn't that? go to Ozzy's a lot. Take that one. Yeah, see, uh, see Ozzy's was a, it was uptown. It was uptown out of Belltown. Right. There used to right. be, it used to be that there were the where let's see, where the big huge apartment building that has the shellfish place that's right across from uh, KEXP. Right. That used to be a QFC. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So right around the corner from it used to be this legendary bar called Charlie's. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Charlie's, because it had that big yeah. bird in the window, and right? The piano and the, and the, and the yeah. piano and yeah. stuff, right? And then on the other side, uh, we're almost facing where uh, Easy Street used to be, mm-hmm. the record store used to yeah, be, Mercer. Yeah. which is now T.S. McHugh's, used to be Flapper Alley. Yep, Flapper Alley. And yeah. see, so Flapper Alley, Charlie's. Uh, there were there were a gathering of like five different bars. I moved here. That, that was Tower Books. That you could you could walk to all these places, mm-hmm. right? right? And Ozzy's used to be the place that you actually started, because uh, you had to walk uphill to get there, just up a small hill to get to everywhere. So you right. go you go to you go to well, actually, I lie. You'd start at the Steam Streamliner and then go to Ozzy's. Oh God, yeah. that place! <laughs> yeah, I know. Ozzy's actually had good food, so you'd like you know you'd, you'd pre-funk at Streamliner, mm-hmm, sure. Walk up to Ozzy's, get some grub, and then you'd walk up the hill a little bit and go to Flapper, and then you'd always end up at Charlie's because they'd always have like the the killer happy hour. Yeah. that started at midnight. What a great but, bar that was! I know. So chronologically, if I think about it, it was <laughs> it was it was Pioneer Square, which used to have a joint cover. So you pay a joint cover, you pay like ten oh, bucks, yeah. and you get into eight different. Nine different clubs. The, the Almost only, every club had the live only music. good thing John Baptiste ever did was come up with joint cover. Mr. For bon, John Baptiste, yes, he was. I know that name. He used to own the Firehouse. He um, he was just a. He local. revolutionized the bar scene downtown. Yeah. Was he, he um, uh, Phoenix? No, that's Rick. No, that's Rick. Oh, yeah, that's Rick. That's Rick. Right. So John Pat- Baptiste. So I used to work for John back in the day. Oh wow! He, he, I was a bouncer for him, and he yeah. found out I was. Um, doing business mm-hmm. and it was getting in the way of his business <laughs> that's always the problem so, yeah you can do what you want but don't take mine yeah, so right. it always is we had a talk and we kind of like mafio so just separated like look you can do this and i'll do this you and just I'm go like, and do that over there that just okay. leave mine alone one day you're gonna need a favor from me <laughs> <laughs> so much like well, that that's the way the firehouse was it was so yeah, creepy it was creepy that's dude funny. oh remember new world no. So it was up on 85th and... Oh, yes, that's what it was called. <laughs> yes, New World. Oh, yes. 85th and... and, and uh, 15th, 15th, I think. Yeah. yeah, just off the... Oh, yeah, I remember that place. Bizarre. It's and an all, amazing all. collection of terrible bar names. Yeah, it really is. Dude, I mean, this this place was... It was the best kept secret on the planet. Right? Yeah, it was cool. Because, I mean, you could find everything. Now it's really tough to find anything. Well, they had a house band, and you could go up there, and they would play What Do You Want to Hear? And they and you could just sing along with yep. the house band. Yep. Nice. Like yeah. Rockaroki before it was yep. Rockaroki. Exactly. Sure. So, yeah. so for me, it was Pioneer Square, and then everybody did that. And then... Um, so it was me and, like, Lou and a bunch of guys. Like, I used to work at Central. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, uh, and then it was... 
kind of Belltown. Mm-hmm. Belltown started popping off. Everyone went from Pioneer Square to Belltown. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, shots were fired down here. So it changed the whole game. Everybody went, ugh. And then it turned into a war zone down here. And, right. and, and then it in turned the square, into a war yeah. zone in Belltown. Yep. And by that time, everybody went, fuck this, let's go to Capitol Hill. And then Capitol Hill. Or no, they went to Queen Anne first. Mm, Queen Anne no, and the Charlie no, no, Circuit. No, 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 no. Before then, they went to what is now uh, Amazon Land. That, because there was, was all yeah because that's where all the cheap apartments was. Every, what was every, down there? What was like the hurricane and shit? Right? No, 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 no. Is well, that, it I used mean, to yeah. be called the doghouse. East Lake uh, Tavern was that down there? Like uh, where? No, no, no. <laughs> that, not that far. Not that far. I can't remember the bars that were down there because okay. I didn't go down there. But it was that the, the, the zone between between Denny and Mercer mm-hmm. and between um, East Lake and probably uh, Den, or not Denny, but a. Uh, what a different world. Yeah, We're losing Sri Lanka. Um, let's pivot out of the old man bar bingo. Hey, what's up? And get in back into music. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> the treats were so stiff. Um, so I want to ask you this. Uh, performing on the streets. What, what were oh, you doing? Busking? Were you... I never did that. No? I never did that. Why are you trying to put that on Wansley? Better no, no, no. change your I Wikipedia. Mean, trust me, it's like better one of the Change your Wikipedia. <laughs> right, you're a rapper, you're a busker. <laughs> know, right? What else do they have on there? You're a dog walker, you're a fucking... Porn star, it says porn next star thing, on there. Next thing you know, I was like <laughs> driving Mr. Gates or whatever because right. I worked at Microsoft oh, for, my for the 2000s. But... Um, so I bass player. I was mainly a bass player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I taught myself how to play bass, and I could I could fit in almost anywhere. But then again, I could I could rock with all the the rockers, right? So that was kind of my thing, right? Yeah. Finding this funk rock thing, and then went from um, Bag and Nasty, which was which was like eighty seven, eighty eight, uh, into Life Ring, and we're trying oh, to figure why out. Why does Life Ring sound familiar? Yeah, yeah, Life Ring was the one that, that, that I fronted, played bass, and mm-hmm. I had two guitar players and, and a drummer. You mm-hmm. probably sold them drugs. Yeah, That's probably why. Didn't. Probably why. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, you're like, um, it's possible. Yes. But anyway, yes. okay. so then after that, it was like I took this time. I took some time off and and was asked to to front this band called the Ghetto Monks. And the Ghetto Monks, we started, you know, we started actually kind of getting a little bit of traction thanks to a couple of guys from AM nine fifty. Sports radio. Yeah, Dave Crosby and uh, Mike Gastineau had a show at three eight at three p.m. from three to four. Right, still to this day, right? No, no. So and it was called Gros with Gas. Well, one of the guys' brother sent our record, sent our Gros is still on radio. Our our demo tape to KJR and Gros played it for Gas, and they both just loved it. They both just loved it. So you know, can you can you guys? Can we like use some of your music, you know, yeah. going in and out of commercials? So all of a sudden, Fuck from yeah. three to four, five days a week on AM radio, you would hear the Ghetto Monks. Oh, that's true. And then they said, well, you know, I, I said, you know, I could put words to this stuff. And now to this day, if you find somebody who was listening to sports radio no shit. In, the, in the early 2000s, they know this. Gras with gas. Ow! <laughs> oh, they gotta fucking bring that shit back. That's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. It, it was so crazy. That's ridiculous. So you gigging at this point? Yeah, but we were trying to get on gigs. We were trying to get. We were trying to get some traction, but yeah. nobody wanted to play with us. Yeah. You know, you we, know didn't, we didn't have a, fo- a following of our own. We didn't make enough money to try to make a recording because, believe it or not, making a recording was that's what rich people be. Oh yeah, that shit was expensive. It was hella expensive. Oh yeah, and so. it's it's funk. And it's funk, but not, it, it's not funk. Nobody knew where to put us. It's funk, but it's Yeah, not funk's funk. a hard one, man. No one knew know. where to put us. I mean, even with the Chili Peppers and having a Seattle version of the Chili Peppers, but we were somewhere between Living Color and the Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. and nobody really knew what to do with us. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, so, you had to pigtail yeah. on one of those bands if they came through. Yeah. I mean, you had to get in with a, you know Fishbone or uh, it was it, it, even then it was tough because I mean the fish the Fishbone crowd and Bad Brains and stuff they were militant so we were too too poppy for them yeah right. but then we were too right. you know we were yeah. too hard for actual real funk bands yeah, right yeah, yeah right so it was it was so just, too hard as in too hard rock yes yeah yes. so you're not right. funk enough yeah not yeah. funk enough not hard rock enough. not black enough yeah not white enough it yeah. was yeah no story it's always life. been hard it's it's all bands like that have existed throughout history mm-hmm. yeah you know, there's so many bands that i've heard where i'm like these guys are fucking amazing mm-hmm. but when you go to market them it's like well what do i what do, do I, you do with them how do i sell this story of my life I'm which is ironic that's, because that's, right. that, i mean we'll, we'll get into this but that's what life after thrift shop has been for me yeah right and, 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 that, and that's amazing because it's all about being so different but yet in the music industry if you're well yeah you can be different. you can't be too different too right. different right, right. Yeah. you're not going anywhere too, yeah. yeah you're not going to you know they can't pit, if they can't put you in a hole yeah right. yeah it's not going anywhere so yeah. you live in downtown, you're in the band, you... No, I don't live downtown. Still nor- I've you never lived downtown. North I'm end always, I've always been, and I mean, the farthest south <laughs> I've ever lived is, maybe, no, uh, Wedgwood. And you're like, get me get the fuck out of here. Like, uh, you're like, this Wedgwood life's too safe Wedgwood, for me. Wedgwood, Lake City, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. look, they put a strip joint there. <gasps> and I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no. You know, step in the door, and it's like, what do you mean $4 for a pop? What? What? No booze? Uh, what? What? Lake City's coming up, man. Believe it, it or not, it was crazy. It was crazy. But I mean, the music, okay. music for me, just it just kind of, <laughs> it kind of fell apart and died like about a 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, so, where's I, your head at then? Are you like, uh, fuck I'm this. like, I'm, I'm like, you know, band, the band, the last band, the Bunks fell apart, and I was, really didn't know what I was doing. And I got with together with, uh, um, in 2007, with the guitar player from Life Ring and Robert Stewart, who mm-hmm. used to play bass in. I can't remember. I can't think of the name. So you didn't put the instrument down. You weren't like fucking. fucking no, no, no. And so we were doing this blue-eyed soul thing because he's got the guitar and he's up there singing these, you know, covers. Mm-hmm. And it was like cool stuff. And he had some cool originals mm-hmm. that uh, I, th- I thought he was. A, I, I still think he's a really, really talented songwriter. He just, you know, it's one of those things where if you could put him someplace and people mm-hmm. saw him, mm-hmm. something would pop off, right? Yeah. But that—that's what I was doing all the way through 2012. Yeah. And in 2012, it's you know, I've 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 done my 10 year run at Microsoft. I did 10 years before that driving a delivery van and delivering hair care products, and mm-hmm. that was right after the three years that I was at Tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finally got a job here downtown, working at a small medical software place, and it was like the best job I'd ever had. It was amazing. I was making more money than I'd ever made before, mm-hmm. and uh, I could I, I started buying gear. Mm-hmm. And started trying to teach myself the recording process, and all the while, while I'm doing that, it's like, oh, I'm looking at the the you know the radio was still the relevant thing, and nobody really cared about MTV and yeah. satellite wasn't hadn't pick, picked up yet. But I started noticing that there's no no one out there who's my age. Yeah, and there's ba- especially yeah. nobody black who you get looks it my age. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was like wow. So it's like you know. I'm trying to think, when's the last time that I remember anybody in their upper 30s, early 40s? Oh, wow, that'd be like uh, Mike Douglas, <laughs> Perry Como, <laughs> Frankie Valley. Yeah. I am not those guys. Casinos. And right. so uh, I just, it, it really threw me out. Yeah. It threw me out. And I mean, uh, all my life, from, from Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. Right. Goddamn. Um, 
all my life I've been being told, you know, you're really talented, you're really good, you're really, you're going to make it, you're going to be a star, you're going to be good, and, and I believed him. And well, I, you are. I, I mean, believed him all my life. I believed him, and and so to come to that point where this is all I've ever wanted to be, and I'm not going to be that, was mm-hmm. like mentally debilitating. And you're how old at that point? Um, Thirty-two. Two? No, no, no. Was I sober yet? I mean, you can only take so much. You yeah. just like, you know what? Uh, and you're like, it, fuck it, my dream. Yeah, I mean, so this, this is, is like 2008. This is like 2008, okay. 2009. Right. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is, this is like, I've never heard this from like sort of beginning to, you know, yeah. sort of all the, the entire thing through. Yeah. It's the classic, like, you know, it took my entire life to be an overnight success. Yeah. Right. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I, there was a, there was a, a, you know, there was Hit Explosion, and then there were a couple of other bands, and one of them had a drummer, and his name's Earthquake. Mm-hmm. Earthquake hit me up, and this was when Facebook was really new, because I'm like, you know, I'm just, he's, well, how are you? And I said, I'm fucked up, man. Yeah. Because I was, I've been told this all my life, and there's no such thing as an, all, uh, as an old pop star. That is the reality. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at, it doesn't matter what lane you look in. There's nobody over the age of 28. Mm-hmm. Who are those? And if they are, that's because... They've got five and four and five and six records underneath them. Yeah, they had a huge career. They've been there, right? Yeah. So the odds of me breaking in are nil, basically nil, right? And he says, you know what? You got to remember, we don't do it to be famous. We do it because we love it. Because we love it. And he was fucking right. Yeah. You know, yep. and after yeah. after yep. about six hours of soul searching, it totally changed my perspective. Yeah, and I kind of gave up on that dream and just started collecting my gear and writing my little ditty songs. And, yeah. right. You know, there was really no place to put them other than um, Reverb Nation and, and MySpace. Mm-hmm. And so I was like putting them there, and it was like you know garnering any attention from my old high school buddies or from the people that had come up in the town or, or whatever. That was really cool. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was it. Well, you're a lifer, dude. You're, you know, yeah. Happened, well, you're yeah. A lifer. You're, uh, you know, and it was, I mean, you're never gonna not do this. I mean, it it really kind of tripped me out. <clears throat> what really kind of tripped me out was when the new wave of bands came through, like Fleet Foxes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and stuff. Because I was listening to them, going, I don't get them. Yeah, I, I like them, I but I don't get Modest Mouse. I don't get them. Yeah. Right, yeah. which was like, oh my god. Uh, am I am I old? Am, am I old? Oh, oh my God! I mean, I still listen to King's X. Am I yeah, old? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and, and those and, are great. And, those are great bands. But there there are bands that suck. And I was talking to somebody about this at Chop Suey the other night, and I was like, "What in the fuck is this?" I like walked out real quick as a right. band. Was, and and I was just like, you know, there's just some bands that are terrible. And they're like, yeah, there's just some bands. That, yeah. I, mean, but I always feel like is, the, but I feel like that is, old you know guy. The, you know what the difference is? Nobody will tell them they're terrible. Yes, that that is sad. <laughs> I would tell them. That, um, Jody would. You wouldn't even. Go, yeah, well, absolutely. Um, that would that wouldn't last very long. But from I mean, the from the audience, it, he would tell it, them. It lasted, yeah, it lasted plenty. I I I, I helped boo Death Cab for Cutie off the stage when they first played. God bless you. Um, they were fucking unlistenable. It was absolutely. It was, see, you know, and, it was and, an and, affront and, to everything that is good about music. It's really funny because about three or four or five, maybe five years before Death Cab like started popping off. Yeah, it was actually Head in the Heart and, and Fleet Fox. That's when the whole KEXP. Mm-hmm. Right. explosion mm-hmm. started right. happening and that's where I just totally feel left behind I still don't understand that it took era. a different direction I don't understand yeah, that yeah. Era yeah. Of, it's of like you know it's like it. alternative there's alternative and then there's grabbing gravity defying stupidity yeah. right right and I didn't understand it I didn't understand it there used to be 
You remember when you used to get home from, from partying all day Saturday night and you turned it on Channel 77, public access, yeah. and there was that chick on there who was naked and... Kring, Madam Kring. Madam Kring, right? Wow. It was so Madam Kring. <laughs> you know Madam Kring. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like that. Like, personally? Like, everybody's, yeah. like, loaded, and they're watching they're this like, chick who's half Madam naked Kring. on television, and everybody's going... Who fucks her? Did she put she put paint all over her body? Yeah, the, it was like I actually have I've heard of this. I uh, may have even seen like the legend. Of it. Yeah. yeah, legend. She would ride naked down Broadway on her bike. Yep, just paint right. all over yep. her. Right, yeah, right. See, crazy. I moved I moved here in '97, so I've, I've I've got a little bit of context for some of this stuff. But she saw some good shit. Well, yeah. yeah well, the interesting. So the interesting part to me is, of course, the retrospect of like you know, sort of that you know, mid to late part of the first you know. 2005, 6, 7, 8, 12, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're like, I can't, I can't be a pop star. I don't understand what the fuck's going on in music. I'm just going to put out my little songs. Little did you know you were about to be about as relevant as you could possibly fucking be. Yeah. Well, let me back up just a little bit please, for, for context's sake. Please. In uh, 99, um, there was a change in Shoreline. There was a thriftway that got converted into what is now the Central Market. Okay. And in mm-hmm. 2000, the person that I was shacked up with got a job there. Mm-hmm. She was working in the deli with this other guy whose nickname was Smoke. Mm. Smoke was part of this troupe called Full-Time Soldiers. Mm-hmm. So she tells Smoke... I have no idea where this is going. I know, I, know, I, know, I love it. I, I so, love it. <laughs> so she tells Smoke that I can sing, right? Mm. And he comes over to our pad, and I sing, he's, and he's like, oh, my God, come in and do a session with me. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and his producer, D-Sane, mm-hmm. right, who was also, he's the producer for Full-Time Soldiers. It, all, I do one record for Smoke, and all of a sudden, all the other guys, there's like nine of them, is like Wu-Tang of the Northwest, right? Mm-hmm. All these guys want me to be on their record. Why? Because I sound like Nate Dogg. What are they doing? They're, they're doing, doing hip-hop. hip-hop. They're doing street love, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing, they're trying to take the, the militant NWA and adapt it to the rainy Northwest because right. unbeknownst to most people, mm-hmm. that's what the Valley was like. That's yeah. what it was like in the South End. Yeah, right. You know, the South End was like it's still like that. It's like Compton. So they were I, trying I, to I, jump it, on it, it. Yo, there was a fucking huge shooting next to my house dude, last night. Dude, dude. Trust me. No, no, I know it's not like it actually was. <laughs> okay. It's not like it actually was, but that, that corner. Don't that, get it twisted. That corner, that, that corner at uh, what, what's called Seattle's Most Dangerous Corner. 23rd and Union. There was a, there, on a weekly basis, there is a fucking shootout there. Dude, I know. I know it's not the same. I don't know if it's. The, I know it's not the same. It is I, I not think it the same. I'm not saying it's the same. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the same. Michael Wansley. Michael Wansley. Michael Wansley, 1967, Alaska. I'm not saying it's the same. You know, I lived in D.C. in the fucking early 90s. I know what fucking gunfights look like. But it's not about the gunfights. No, 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 no. no. It's about the people. It's about the neighborhood. Yeah. See, the the neighborhood has changed. Yeah. How so? Because, like you said, you lived in D.C. You know what we used to call D.C.? Dark country. Right. Okay. Sure. That's what it used to be like. Mm -hmm. As soon as you got past the the, the radio towers on Capitol Hill. Mm. Right. It was the hood. When was the last time you were down there? In the hood? No, I mean, like, my neighborhood where I live. Because I'm telling you from perspective last of week who actually lives there. I rode my right. motorcycle down still, there last Still week. the most diverse zip code in the entire United States. Oh, no. I didn't go that far south. You're, okay. down, you're down in Columbia City, right? No, I'm so, farther, farther south, south than that. Than I'm that. in Lake so Ridge. You, okay. I'm in Lake Ridge. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm, yeah. 
But that's I what I'm talking. I about. was. I still don't. Columbia. Go to no, Columbia City is fucking. Oh my god. Portland. Disneyland. It's coming. It's fucking Portland. It's coming for you. Oh no no we're ready. We're ready. We got a militia. We're gonna fucking kill them. All. So we've agreed. Neo, there's still some Neo. shit going on in the hood. Neo. Right. Neo. The Matrix is coming for you. <laughs> there's still some shit coming and going down in the hood for sure. But anyway, I, I gotta. I got I'm, I'm tying this all together. Yes, yes. I took you back to Smoke, 2000. Full time soldiers. Yeah. So. The whole hook singing thing was right. started by right. D-Sane and full, uh, uh, full-time soldiers and mm-hmm. street-level records until about 2003 when Usher became the shit. Usher. And I could not sing like Usher, mm. so the Nate Dogg voice kind of went away slowly but surely, so yeah. business kind of was off, right. right? Right. So now if you fast forward to 2012, all of a sudden I get a call from D-Sane, and he says, have you ever heard of a guy named Matt Lamore? Mm. Nope. And I said, no. He goes, <laughs> Well, his who producer, who, her producer, Ryan, his producer Ryan Lewis, called looking for a singer who sounds like Nate Dogg, mm-hmm. and so you knew who I was going to call mm. because at that time I had uh, the moniker of Nate Dogg of the North End. Did a bell I, go off? Ding! <laughs> like no, that's no, crazy. That no. is, no, 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 let's 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 go back to the back for a minute. So you're doing this stuff with full time soldiers. Are you thinking like? Mm-mm. Like this is cool. This is like this the majority is of the majority of the, the the majority of the cats that I'm singing for are slinging dope, running girls, right. running numbers. You're just doing it, right? They'll yeah. pay you in cash, and you never see it's them. A, you're just doing it's it. a gig, you know. It's a gig. I'm working. Uh, yeah, it's just a gig. Yeah. You know, you know and, 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 and if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't anything. have been for you know, they're putting out right. their CDs and trying to you know, they're trying right. to. To try to you know get their own version of MC Hammer selling their CDs. So you're smart. You're thirty something at this point. You're not thinking this is going. Like, I just like is... being in the studio. I don't yeah, care about shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh yeah. yeah. You put like me in so the... like no like light went off and you go oh no this is this is the mm-hmm. new track yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. Superstar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be like the Northwest Hook singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know the night of the night of the infamous recording session it was like twelve thirty going on one a.m. Right when I got the call and mm-hmm. it was probably like one fifteen when I asked mm-hmm. you know when I finally ran in and was shaking hands with Ben and Ryan right. And, you know, after about 10 minutes of chopping it up, they didn't know me, and I don't know them. Is that a vast? Out of vast? No. No, that was in their little... Oh, in the little basement. The little, the little uh, uh, container studio that's over right, by Michelle. Right, 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 right. So, oh, I want to hear about that. That's awesome. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, it was it was like no big deal because I hadn't met these guys before, and it's all Ben is showing me these words, and and Ryan's playing the the image, playing the loop, and Ben's like, you know, I'm gonna pop some tags, and we got twenty dollars in my. He's reading it to me, and the first thing that popped out of my mouth was, I'm gonna pop some tags, only got twenty dollars in my pocket, mm-hmm. and he goes, yeah, like that, like, yeah, that. like that, yeah. And so we've worked out the rest. We worked out the rest of the hook, and they put me in the booth we did that stacked it up just came like out that. now now we're going to do this bridge okay how, how in the bah, bah. and it goes you know i I'm, i wear your granddad's clothes i'm pulling all your hose blah, blah. and then there was a couple other lines and it's like boom i get in this i'm not wearing your granddad's clothes i'm pulling all your hose and we, you know, we did some incidentals and some some other so up to that tracks. point though they'd only had that the single right they'd only had nothing they had nothing no, I don't, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. There was wait, something. Wait, wait, wait. See, what do you mean? Something? This is the this the is gay the, marriage song. You mean the gay is, marriage song? This no. is this is the brilliance of that operation. Because I mean, every track had its own person, but not very many of those parts knew about each other. I mean, I right. didn't know about anything. Right. I just knew about this track. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, forty-five minutes later, after Brian says I've got enough, and they've cut me a check, and I'm leaving because the whole thing took about you know, once they put me in the booth, about forty-five minutes. And yeah. they just start mastering. We, it. We were done. Yeah. Right. 
I didn't hear from him again for, for hella. So you hadn't heard any of the other rest of the song? You didn't know what was didn't going on? Didn't know anything else about him. Hadn't heard any of the rest of that song or yeah, any yeah. other. I, you right. know, it's like my, my youngest kid graduated from high school. I took both my sons yeah. to Hawaii, and then I came back. And the week after I came back, I'm walking into work, and my phone rings, and it's Ryan. Hey, Wands, what are you doing? I'm going to work. Yeah. Well, we're shooting a video for Thrift. Do you want to be in it? <laughs> I'm standing outside at like Madison and Fourth Fourth Avenue, going. Well, let me see if I can get the afternoon off. Yeah. So I told my boss about it, and he says, "Yeah, go ahead." That was a goodwill, right? And and no, uh, and you still at, and you still at this point are just like, I, yeah, I'm totally. It's, it's totally it's missing whatever. me because I don't know right. anything about this artist. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, most people didn't. Uh, and so. Uh, his manager comes and picks me up, takes me to Leroy's, mm-hmm. which I had heard of and been in once before. Oh, but God. you know, we're doing the thing. God bless was it was it Hanna then too? Um, huh? Was it Hanna? No. Oh, okay. It was it was their manager. I just want to shout out Hanna because I love her. Because Hanna is dope. Hanna's fucking dope. Hanna, Hanna you're, you're the dopest. Dope. <laughs> so tell tell you got to you got to tell them what Leroy's is though. Do oh, you see, remember Leroy's? So, so, oh yeah, yeah. So for Actually, those from, of you from from what? <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know Seattle culture, there was one store in town. One. One that sold black clothes. Cedric the Entertainer had to shop there, pretty much. I mean, it was. If Cedric came to town, it was the only place Whew. in town that he was going to find clothes. And yeah. so, you know, if you wanted pimped out threads, if you wanted wild suits, if you wanted entertainer ties, this was a specific guy to Well, see, <laughs> I mean, if you wanted extravagant right. dress right. clothes, right. If you wanted by Italian suede suit. Italian designers, the whole nine. Right, you went to Leroy's. That was it. That right. was the place. Was right, it. he was a dick. He, he was amazingly cool. I don't know, man. Wow, every time you I didn't no, like no, no, him. No, 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 no. But I mean, he I didn't was, like you. He must have not liked me because <laughs> yeah. I would see that fucker every day. I was DJ at, at Deja Vu one for, and, and I would see him every day. And he just never was nice. I, I would have to say, yeah, no, that's. I well, mean, let, me, let me ask you one question. But you were in there buying. Shit. Yeah, I was going to say, did yeah. you ever buy anything? No, from no, no, no. See, there you go. See, could you ever see me in anything? There, come on. Who knows? Yeah, actually. So you know, I mean, we went and bought the suit, then we went up to Unicorn. What'd you get? I got a creamsicle plaid suit <laughs> with a white shirt with a gold with a gold Woo! tie thing underneath it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh Pimpin ain't easy. Ryan Ryan lent me his Casals. I'd never heard of Casal glasses. He's oh, yeah. like, these are really cool. Yeah, you can get yourself a pair for four hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, what the fuck? Let me just borrow these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me, you know, yeah. shit, show me the checkout yeah. line at A and PM and I'll show you an eight pair eight dollar pair of sunglasses that look just <laughs> as good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that you know, the whole thing I didn't know anyone. This is a Capitol Hill crowd. I don't hang out with Did they guys. outfit you or did they say go get something? That was the whole thing. I mean he they right. His manager picks me up from work, yeah. takes me to Leroy's. We know what we want. Fine. Yeah. He's sending pictures. The manager is sending pictures to Ben. Yeah. And he wanted the suit. It, the Originally, it was green. And from the other side of the store, Leroy said, yeah, it's not going to fit him. Yeah. Because he sized me up and it's like, yeah, it's going to be too small. I got the cream. You, you, go, sure, this one, you can try this one. <laughs> yeah, I think this one will work. Yeah, it's about 46. You can do this. I mean, uh, he was help. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. wow, look, it's the Lucky Charms guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how the suit came to be. And then all of a sudden, I'm like standing there, the suit's laying down, and I'm looking at all these people, some of which I've, I've heard of because I read The Stranger. Yeah. <laughs> but most of them I've never met before. Yeah. Right? And they're like, you know, everybody's hanging out while they're getting done with this shot that has him when he walks into the club with the fur coat. Mm-hmm. What up? I got it. They were just finishing up that scene. Yeah. And they were going to say, I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's a great impersonation. It was good. So then it's like, okay, break. We're going to set up for the next shot. And the DJ starts playing tunes, and everybody gets in a circle. Everybody starts dancing. Yeah. Wands, why don't you go up? We're gonna, the next shot is going to be you. Why don't you go? So I went up in the bathroom upstairs, and I'm in this bathroom looking in the mirror going, this is a trip. I'm in a bathroom on yeah. Capitol Hill, thankfully alone, and I'm changing into this, you know, trying not to get anything dirty, trying to, you know, and I come out, and I come down the stairs, and when I came down the stairs, everybody was dancing, like, starts going, oh, my God, oh, shit, ah, making yeah. a big deal yeah. about it, and I'm like, yeah, it's a suit. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So know? this has got to be fucking exciting as hell. For me, it's surreal, but it's sure. exciting. And yeah. then the next part, this is the comical part. Uh, you know, and that goes on for a little bit, and we dance for a little bit, and some of that's actually, some of those clips are and actually. And we dance. When they're, when they're doing the slow motion thing, if you watch the video mm-hmm. after my first reveal, right. and the, you see the, the, the slow motion, that's the dance party. Mm-hmm. That was the dance right. party, right? Sense. This is all slow motion, right? Okay, and, yeah. And so finally, it's like, okay, Wands, we're going to set up for the we're set up for the next shot. We just want you to stand right here. Yeah. And so I stand there and go, okay, cool. Who's going to be in the shot with me? And they go, no, we just want to we just want to film you singing the yeah, hook. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? Nice. Okay. All right. You're a performer. You okay. Guys. Playback. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Let's do it again. Let's, Let's do, do it again. again. Let's do it again. Yeah. Okay. Playback and action. I'm gonna pop. Some, uh, nope, oh, nope. Oh, cut. <laughs> four of those. Four of those. That's not bad. Yeah, and on the fourth one, Ben four sticks, is not bad. Four, he sticks his head out from behind the thing. He goes from behind the director, and he goes, "You don't remember the words, do you?" Oh <laughs> shit! And I was like, "No, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm yeah. just I'm used to rappers that you know. I go in and do the session. I'm reading off paper, and, and I do the session. Yeah. They pay me cash. I leave. You paid me in a check." And you've called me back. Your studio singing. That never happens. Yeah. Okay, right. that has never happened to me. Yeah. So, you know, we did a couple of rehearsals. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't shoot videos with with full, with the full-time soldiers? No. <laughs> no. None of those FTS guys never did videos. Like, here's cash. Or if they did them, I wasn't in them. Yeah. They, right. You know, they right. would, you know, that, that would... You were just the voice. That'd be the slow motion of them counting money in my voice over the top of it. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, to this day, if you look up uh, Critical, mm-hmm. spelled with a C... R Y T I C A L, right? And look up critical and desperate in your Spotify and play mm-hmm. a song called Desperate. That's me on the hook. Okay. And it's it's will. still so now you're everyone in it. Now says you're... everyone still tells me that song is fucking fire. So Ryan and Macklemore are, are they, I mean they're just like we want you in this shit. You're in this. You're doing yeah, it. I'm now in this, and it's like thanks a lot, thanks a lot. And then here I am, you know, catching the 48 bus to go back up north to Northgate to catch the bus home. <laughs> you're like, Car- Car- I gotta catch the bus. Carrying carrying this orange suit, and it's <laughs> I mean, like I'm on the bus going, yeah, it's a suit. So let's, yeah, it's yeah, it's creamsicle. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> let's be clear on the timeline here, just so you're clear. Tell me. Ben was not a star of any kind at this point. No, no, no. none whatsoever. No. None whatsoever. He not here. He didn't leave out in his, you know, McLaren out the other no. side. So like, the, when I, when I remember Ben, aka Macklemore, that what I first heard, I had a girlfriend named Christy, who was not my wife, but evil Christy, we call her. And I hope the, she's oh, listening the to other, this because she was evil. the other evil, the yeah. other evil Christian. She's Got like, it. check this out, listen to this, and it was you know, and we danced and had a really, really, really good time. <laughs> it was that, and I, I was, was like, really interested in hearing what what was said about it at that time. I was, I loved it. I thought this is crazy. I've never heard anything like this. He's got a weird cadence. I like it. I dance. I played it when I DJed, and uh-huh. people were like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "This is Cat Macklemore, blah, blah blah." But that's all he had was the single. 
There was no. There that was signal no, was not a national. No, it was not. Like, but in Seattle, it started the right, cauldron of right, which is know. how things work here. Still, we're like regardless of the change in the community, it's like once once it circles, you know, you sort of get things going yeah. here. Uh-huh. Then you have the chance to yeah. kind of like because I was in Florida when all of this is happening, mm-hmm. and I, I did you hear the dance thing in Florida or no? No, my uh, ex girlfriend calls me up and she's like, "Do you know who Macklemore is?" And I'm like. See that white guy that used to like be like open shows and we didn't really he wasn't good or anything it was it was bad we didn't go to see his show. She's like yeah and I'm like she's like do you know about Prop Nine and I'm like is that the gay marriage thing she's like yeah she's like he wrote a song about it mm-hmm. it's really amazing you should check it out mm-hmm. and puts it on. This is why I asked about Avast and Greenwood <laughs> because I know they recorded that song there mm-hmm. because they did it on my piano mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they immediately as soon as the piano part starts I'm like. That's my fucked up piano from Avast. It's not my piano. It's Stuart's piano. But I was the one that, when he was about to get rid of it, I was like, if you fucking get rid of that piano, I will burn this place to the fucking ground. Because you can't tune it. You can't tune it. It always sounds fucked up like that. Which which only probably drove Ryan crazy. Everybody else was fine with it. No one cared. No, no, no. no. It it actually, it's what makes it good. Yeah. It's not, because it's not out of tune. Mm. It's not out of tune. It's just a... Just has this tiny, tiny, tiny bit of sharpness to it, which makes that piano part on that song sound so good. Yeah, you play that on a regular piano, doesn't yeah. sound as good. Because you can tune a fish, but not Great. a piano. True. Mm. I don't know what the fuck that means? Mm. Um, where would album. you like me to continue? <laughs> so the day, the day, the day, the day. So actually, I have to back up and do the night before the day. Do the night. Before the night the before the day. That would be August twenty eighth, twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. We're having the video premiere party at the Croc. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. You know, I, of course, come in the suit because that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Ben comes in the coat. Boom. Boom. Synergy. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, yeah, this turned out really good. Ryan's like, man, I, it, I totally skipped over the second day of shooting, which was the boat scenes and stuff like that. Which right. Is when I actually heard the finished product, mm-hmm. which totally freaked me out. Right. But here we are. It, it, it's about to it's about to pop off, right? And Ben comes up to me and he goes, "Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. You know, the work is really good. It's really good. Have you got a Twitter account?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, no, no." And he was smiling at me, and it just went deadpan. He goes, "You need to get a Twitter account." Mm-hmm. So while the first time it's going, it's playing, I'm busily trying to set up my Twitter account, <laughs> right? And it gets done, and there's my part, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, that's cool. That's really cool." So he knew. No. So you're hearing, you're seeing. I'm hearing, I'm seeing. But he had an inkling. He had an inkling that no. this was. No. No. But was it, why would he tell you to get a Twitter account? Yeah. I'm getting to that. Okay, get to that. I'm good. So, I want to hear this. So it's like, here I am. Blah, 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 blah. It's done. He comes over and I go, wow, it was really great. Blah, blah, blah. We really liked it. Thanks. It was really cool. It was really cool. Hey, have you checked your Twitter? Boom. And I look and it's like, other than Twitter, I sent a tweet to D. Sane and I sent a tweet to Grinch. Right. And then the next tweet is Macklemore, you should follow at T Wands. He's the guy who sings the hook on Thrift Shop. Mm-hmm. Three hundred people. <laughs> and I'm like, right. in a matter of how long? Um, seconds? Four minutes? Hey, right. That's insane. Dude. I know. That is insane. I know. And then I finally watched the whole thing, and it was like, wow, this is really cool. This is really cool. Still didn't really. It, it's cool, it, but it's it still not, right. it still hadn't registered me, right. with me what was going to happen. Yeah. Right. So the next day, I go to work, and I'm, I have to give a presentation. We're having a uh, kind of a small conference in all hands for the company, and I have to give a presentation, and I'm waiting for the song to drop, 
and here I am sitting at my desk, and at about 9.45, it finally pops off, and it's like, every time I hit refresh, the numbers keep changing, and they keep changing a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh. Is it song in the video, or is it just It's the, the video. It's the video. It's the video. The gotcha. world premiere video, the official video. I'm Boom. like, oh, I, I oh my that. God. What did it drop on? Huh? Oh, YouTube. Was YouTube. it YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so YouTube. And this so was after, YouTube was like the only lane. Right. That was it. That was, that was it. it. You so, had to watch so, it. So, so after about an hour, and it had like 9,000 views already. Oh, right. I was like tripping out. And so it's like, well, shit, let me go and look at these other ones. And so that's when I looked at the other videos. Mm-hmm. And we danced. Yeah. Other side. Yeah. Right? Right. And then I looked at this one called Victory Lap, mm-hmm. which was live footage from tours, tours you know, tour stops. In 2011, mm-hmm. right, and one of those, you know, and I'm looking. At, they're driving in a van. They're going to these things, and I'm seeing these shows, and it's, and it's like, just clipped together, hot pods, yeah. Boom. And I'm like going, oh, oh. And then the last one of the one of the last shots was him standing at the front of the stage in the key, mm-hmm. sold out, mm-hmm. nothing but the lights of everybody's phone. Mm-hmm. I leaned back in my chair and I went, oh, this is so not good. Yeah. <laughs> I got Get a bad, on board. I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this. Yeah. Right? Which was, you know, and then I had to like try to go and do my presentation. I'm in the middle of my presentation. Right. My little Blackberry. <laughs> excuse me. And I'm checking it and it's like, fuck, it's been three hours. It's been like four hours and now we're up to 30,000 hits. It's like, what the fuck is happening? And that's what I told everybody at my company. Yeah. And by the end of the day, it's like. And then they're on board and they're like. Yeah. yeah. It was so weird. It was just so weird. But yeah. I mean, the, for me, the, that whole, that whole, that whole looking at the other videos gave me a realization of what I was getting into. And so mm-hmm. when people say, oh, he just hit. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. I went back and, and, and actually bought. Language of My World mm-hmm. and listened to that record and the first four songs blew me away. Mm-hmm. White, White Privilege on that record mm-hmm. right. was the only record I had ever heard any rapper acknowledge a white rapper right. acknowledge yeah. that they were appropriating black right. culture. Yeah. Right. First yeah. I've taken the, uh, say first they took their uh, 40 acres now I'm taking their 16 bars. Yeah. And when I heard that, I immediately had respect for him because no one had ever done yeah, that. Right. I'd never heard anyone ever do that. So we're going to have Macklemore on. And I got to say the same thing, dude. He's got, he's got a fucking message. He says some shit that, that that's what attracted me about. The first song, I was like, oh, this is good. But it was also the way he said things. And when I listened to newer stuff, I was like, wow, this motherfucker's actually saying something. Like, he's got a message out there. And he's talking to a lot of different people. About right. A lot of different things that, that people don't want to talk about. Right. You know, and that was, like, made him attracted to me. And the, what's really cool is, like, you know, now it's evolved into, you know, the, now that he is a quote-unquote superstar and a worldwide sensation, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Undeniably, you know, you can hate him all you want to. Mm-mm. But he worked for it. Yeah. And I oh, know yeah. that. I know that because when Thrift Shop popped off, yeah. I was there. Yeah. I went on tour. I'd never been on tour before. Yeah. I quit my job. I quit my day job to go on tour. So this is a motherfucking whirlwind. You're yeah. caught up in it. I have like, no idea what it is. Go believe me, believe me. The night after he asks me to join the tour, the next night we're doing Missoula, Montana, mm-hmm. and I'm so caught up into the show because of how, that the, quick. how the show is looking. I don't realize I'm standing next to fucking L.A. Reed. Well, well that quick. And I fist bump 24 with hours. Him. I fist bump with him, and he's like, nice show. And it's like... Kind of looks familiar. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. Thank you. But by the time I figure out who it is, he's already left, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a week later, I see, there's an interview with him, and he goes, "All the all the all you people who think you got it going on mm-hmm. have been replaced." Yeah. 
And this was at a at a twelve hundred seat gig in Missoula, Montana. He flew from L.A. to Missoula, Montana, just to see the show. Yeah, that was the that was the fifth show on on the on the on the roster. Wild, so nuts. Wild. I can imagine. I just. I mean, I can't imagine. And I. I mean, even when we got done with that run, and we're coming back from the Ford Theater in L.A., I'm coming back to Seattle, and when I get home to my apartment, it's like nothing's changed. So right. it's like no big deal. Is it deflating? Is it no? Is I mean, it, you feel good? Are you where are you at? Where's your head at? Where's your soul at? For like, a guy who had never been on tour, mm-hmm. but knew people, right? That was your who dream? Knew Jerry Cantrell and knew yes. Sean Kenny and, yeah, yeah. and and knew Stone and, and and Jeff and all those guys yeah. and the stories that they had told. This was like a new thing for me, and I was like, "Well, that was really cool." And I thought it was you know that was it. That's I thought it. that was it. Right, right, and and I have a buddy who used to count records for MCA that I've known since Tower Days. He heard the record and he called me and he mm-hmm. says, "What are you doing for the next three years?" Mm-hmm. And I go, <laughs> "What are you talking about, dude? You're going to be touring off of this record for at least two years." Wow! And I told him, "You're fucking insane." Yeah. Step back from the pipe. You don't have an agent. You don't have it. You got <laughs> I don't have anything. You got you. I don't have anything. I'm yeah, just yeah. me, right? Yeah. Right. And sure enough, on that next run, it's like fly to Philadelphia and we do a show in Philadelphia. Wake up the night, mm-hmm. the bus leaves Philadelphia, and I think it's really cool. Hey, they bought us all steaks. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right. Steaks. Yeah, yeah. Just fall asleep on the bus. Wake up the next day. Step out of the bus, and there's the green monster. I'm like, <laughs> Who, who's the label at this point? <laughs> who's the, who's what label? No label. label. There is no label. There's, there's never been a label. Did he sell? Yes, I should probably yeah. know this. Huh, bro? No, this is one of the real. This is one of the things. This is the genius is business side of this yeah. whole story. This is the thing, and, and what's really I think funny. I did know this. From, yeah. from, uh, having having been exposed to the music industry right. from being in this town and working at Tower and stuff, I used to yeah. dream. Yeah, I used to. You know, I was trying to figure it out. How do you get to the point where you don't need a label? Because I had how do you started self label. Because after after the first wave of people left here, mm-hmm. right, the next wave of people were starting to be changed and manipulated mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. That's yeah. what happened to the first thought. Yeah. They wanted so, to change the first thought in the first, you know. If like, I remember like correctly, that's when I heard the, the first song. It was a CD, and it was like, yeah, he's just handing these out. Like, they were just going, yeah, there was oh, no yeah. label. That's well, right. Then, he, then, then the heist comes at, like, the peak, you know, the first initial peak of digital streaming music. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you go in, and I remember. They're the ones that negotiated. They're the ones that started to negotiate that deal. Zach, their, I mean, Zach, their manager. Perfect Storm. Totally saw he used to, he did like four or five years at the agency and and before he met Ben and Ryan right and he quit his job in New York and moved here yeah wow. to manage them before uh, or just after uh, bit of a phenomenon the versus part two yeah. came out right right after that bit right. of a phenomenon so he basically he basically built this machine from 2010 to yeah. 2012 right well yeah it's 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 and it's amazing and I mean I mean it's Fucking amazing. Yeah, no, it's totally nuts. And like you said, this was built for years and years and years and years. It, yeah. And then this piece fell into place. And then this piece fell yeah. into place. Yeah. But, see, the, but see, you know, like anybody knows, anybody who knows anything about the music business knows that you can't predict when the next piece is going to yeah, be. No. no. Nope. But what, what they did and what other people have started to mimic, right, is you don't, you, you prepare as if you're already there. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you're not, yeah. even if, you know, and now it's like yeah. I tell I tell, foresight. I tell cats now it's like they, you know you're that guy. Well, what can what advice can you give me? And I said my advice is always the same. Yeah. Don't worry about here. Yeah. Nothing happens here. Everything happens out there. There. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, my first experience was watching him do all these 
you know, watching Victory Lap and watching different shows and right. some of them had a right. few people at them and the stage diving yeah. and the energy is yeah. all there sure. right that kind of shit didn't happen here in seattle because here right. it was like well we don't really like that we don't right. really do that oh they're from west seattle Ew, i don't really like oh, yeah. west Seattle. <laughs> oh you know it's the early it, the early days were a bit of a kind it's, of well know, no my town joke no what it, what it, what it was is that the music community here was siloed oh, to yeah. the point where there was no camaraderie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even okay. even on the hill in the rap game. Yeah. Right. Especially in the rap game. Especially. Yeah. I mean, people in the North End did not know anybody downtown. Cats downtown nope. didn't know anybody in the Valley. Everybody was in it for and themselves. Nobody, and Beacon Hill was just starting to vibe with Capitol Hill. Yeah. But nobody fucked with West Seattle no. and, and South. Right? Anybody got to pee? I got to pee. Let's take a break real quick. Okay. All right, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's pick up on that real quick. Oh, Denmark. Denmark. Okay, so we're we're sorry we had to take a pee break. This is a real show. We got to pee sometimes. So you're seeing <laughs> you're seeing all the parts. You're seeing everything happen. You're seeing I'm like the before, the after, and, and how this is all working. And like, whoa, this is a big, incredible fucking machine. Yeah, and, it was know. really crazy that 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 East Coast swing. Was, that was the first time I'd ever been to New York. Mm-hmm. I'd never been to New York before, right? Mm-hmm. And we had two sold out shows at Irving Plaza, mm-hmm. and the very first night, he's sick. What's that look like? What's Irving Plaza holding? Uh, Fifteen hundred. Yeah. Okay, so no, not I mean huge, all the shows. Big. All the shows on 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 the first legs of the tour. Yeah. are like anywhere from eight hundred to fifteen, sixteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is, you know. So that's what the that's business. What, uh, the business is still the business, and you still have to grow your product. Yeah, and, right. you know it doesn't matter if you're on radio. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're selling. You yeah. still have to grow. You don't go right? straight to the fucking. It, no right. one, no one starts yeah. off playing freaking no. Budokan. And that's Showbox Market sixteen hundred. That's that's a good fucking venue. That's, you know, yeah, and, there's, the, and there's a zillion of them around the country, mm-hmm. so it's easy to t- book tours. Yeah, it's not easy to actually get in if you've never been there before. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing that I was learning. Self-labeled at this point, too. Like, the thing that I was learning is, you know, know we're playing in New York. He's played in New York. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So he's got a resume of having played in New York. Right. Mm-hmm. And his manager had worked a zillion years in New York. Mm-hmm. So right. had tons of contacts, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything was all set up because of the management that came to run his show. Yeah. And, I mean, he saw the potential. That's why he quit his job to manage full-time because mm-hmm. he knew what he had. Sure. He's a hip-hop head. And he knew what he had. This is right. something. And I didn't really, I didn't realize that piece right. until we went overseas to Australia. Yeah. Right? Because I'd never been to Australia before. He'd never been to Australia before. Australia. But the Australian shows yeah. were off the top of the freaking planet. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, uh, President of the United States of America told me that too. Like David, or Jason Finn was like, dude, the best, biggest shows, crazy shows ever, Australia. Totally. Just Australia, insane. New Zealand. <laughs> Australia and New Zealand have the killerest crowds. They're the nicest people. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, if, if you know, if you win the lottery, leave the states. Yeah, so <laughs> you heard it here first. It, that used to be my destination, <laughs> but I've changed my mind. Thailand's now my now my destination. They don't so, speak a lot of English there. Trust me, you good. want to go to Perth. Perfect. He doesn't Perfect. want to go there to speak English. <laughs> I want to speak English. Just, like, trust me, he he really he, he really, he, really uh, he needs to go to Perth. I'll go to Perth. Oh, okay. So Perth. let me ask you this, and this is the this is where the <laughs> the I always uh, liken mu- the music scene to a, like a hand. Like I used to run security at Showbox. I was a manager yeah. there forever. Yeah. I didn't really. What the fuck does production do? What does this guy do? What is it? You know what? They don't really talk. So what happens like behind the scenes when an artist is sick? All I know is I used to get a day off, and it rarely happened. Right. You know what I mean? It right. Ra- rarely happened. So right. 
what is that recontinued? Is it are there refunds happening? Are I there, wish I, I could tell you. I've seen some riots. But, I wish you know. I could tell you because that night he was sick. I mean, yeah. twenty minutes before stage time, he's thrown up into a into a garbage can. Yeah, white as a ghost. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 that's not good. You know, what yeah. do you mean white as a ghost? <laughs> I mean, white as a ghost. White as Macklemore. <laughs> he's white as shit. <laughs> He's so exactly the same color. Yes, he's white as a ghost right now. As <laughs> forgive me, forgive me if I'm forgive me if I'm wrong, but there's a difference between Caucasian and white. Not when it comes to Ben. Yeah. That dude is paler than he fuck. Is a ghost. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna. I will continue to box so you. you. Can make that face. Let's all you just want. settle yeah. for whiter than he is now. So extra, 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 extra. Let's just sale. He he was pale from his normal tint. Yes. How's that? Extra, yeah, extra, paler. Whatever. Yes. So, so I'm like, you know, is the show going to get canceled? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. We go down for mm-hmm. our usual huddle up before we go on stage. And I'm looking at him, and he looks like he's about to drop. Oh, my God. I mean, he just looks horrible, yeah. right? Intro starts, and just like it always did before. And he goes and stands on stage. And before he got done with the second verse, uh-huh. it was like nothing ever happened. Stage sure. help. And he did the whole show like nothing ever happened. Yeah, what'd you stage call it? Health. Stage health. Yeah, yeah stage health. And then, we talked about that last time. And I mean, I mean, this is like, you know, the only thing that he was ingesting was um, chamomile ginger tea. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Take it easy. Yeah. That was Calm it. Calm down, party animal. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. So the show is over, and then there's press after, mm-hmm. and then there's, you know, friends that are in town, mm-hmm. and then there's just the actual come down, actual hang, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, Two and a half hours after the show was over, before I finally saw him revert into the person that I saw back to sick right. half an hour before oh. we went on stage. Yeah. yeah, see, that's gangster right there. I love that. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then he did it again the next night. Yeah, right. suffering for your art. And I mean, I'd never seen it's, anything like that. I mean, yeah. I gained so much respect for him in that one evening because. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen anybody puking their guts out and then go out and sure. th- not have their show suffer for it yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. It is a phenomenon. It's, it's, it is, it's, I mean, they're, they're, I was it's not everyone. Away. It's obviously not everyone. Yeah, got, but yeah, I mean, the, you're, you're, you're talking to a guy game. who at the time is 51 years old and yeah. immersed himself in music, seen a lot of things, seen right. a lot of mm-hmm. people. Sure. Gone to a lot of shows. Yeah. When I say I had never seen anything like this, this count. Yeah. It count yeah. I'd never seen anyone. Yeah. And the, uh, the longer the tour went on, yeah. I found it very hard not to compare him to James Brown in the sense of the work ethic. Right. Sure, and I can see that. What he puts in, what he puts in, what he puts into a show from yeah. the time that he actually gets on stage to the time he gets back on the bus. Yeah. Right. How, how is he James Brown wise as far as being a taskmaster with his crew and with like you and I mean was it like come on let's go we gotta rehearse or nicest was it just guy in the world. super chill because he's the nicest, nicest guy in the world I don't know nice, how he is he, with, he's a, you know. all the that's the that's the thing that was amazing yeah every single person yeah is like that yeah that's the that's the culture of that organization yeah everybody is I mean I call it the brain trust there's five people who run that thing mm-hmm. and all five people are really, really great individuals, smarter than hell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can tell you that you're not going to be part of the tour anymore and do it and there will be hugs and handshakes yeah. and, and no bad actually ever. make you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go on, like, SNL, Jimmy Fallon, like, all this shit. Oh, my God, dude, that's blowing your fucking mind. Like Nothing how- blows your mind like standing side stage at SNL, a show that you remember when it was... When it first first came, came on, out, yeah, right, because we were about the same age. And you've so. gotten you've gotten texts and messages all day from people that you've mm-hmm. known since middle school who are having parties to watch you. Yeah. Wow, 
And you're standing there, and you're, you're thinking about that very first show at Crystal Ballroom, mm-hmm. and then the 7500 at uh, Wamu Theater, mm-hmm. and the song is now, it's gone around the planet. It was, it, was, it was number one, let's see, when we got the call to do, to do SNL, we were in Australia, and I mean, at that time, it had been number one in Australia yeah. for three freaking weeks yeah. Oh, yeah. and was still there. And SNL, oh, yeah. that's, you've arrived. And, and you have arrived. Uh, right. Apparently. Yeah. So I'm standing side stage, and they're at commercial, and I'll never forget this because I, I, I had a prayer that I would say, and I was getting ready to go, and all of a sudden I hear Kevin Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Wow. What, 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 what? And at that very moment, at that very moment, in my earphones, I hear the song start, and my brain said, God built you for this shit. Yeah, you, this is you, motherfucker. Because you everything, a lawyer, bro. everything from, from a little schoolyard in 1967 where mm-hmm. I remember singing for kids, you know, and my mom thinking I was in a fight. Yeah. All the way through elementary, middle school, mm-hmm. high school, college. Sure. All, music has always been with me like the nose on my face. Yeah. And here I am standing side stage, and I'm about to walk on stage, and I know people who are watching this. That's amazing. Your parents still around? No. No. They would have. My dad had already passed, and my mom, um, the, first, the first TV gig we did was on Ellen. Yeah. And I was so excited for her to see it, but yeah, I saw that. Alzheimer's had, had, had already taken her. I'm sorry. So the person, you know, that, that made everything... Bittersweet for But me. still, you can. Right. she saw it. You know what I mean? That's just it's, amazing. Yeah, That's, but you know. that doesn't matter. This is the person that, you know, kept encouraging me to sing no matter what. This yeah. is the person who took me to church and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and had me sing in the choir. This is the person who made all my rehearsals and all my concerts when I was a, uh, when I was a youngling. Mm-hmm. This is the person who had always been my biggest fan in a family who never really supported my music at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But she kept telling me, says, God, she said, God gave you a gift. It is your job to share that gift. Yeah, That's what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing, man. What, so how do you feel about all this right now? How, what has this done for you and your music and your soul? And your, I mean, you're looking back on it now, obviously. What's, what's in store for you? So this- it's gone in stages. Because um, I can tell you now that nothing will ever, 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 ever be like 2013. Sure. 2013 was the most amazing thing that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Every single dream that I've ever had. Amazing. Has come true. Wow. And, and that, 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 that carries over to 2014 mm-hmm. when I'm sitting in the third row. Yeah. In the, in, in the Staples Center at the Grammys. Yeah. Having known that I've already won. Yeah. And dude. the show hasn't even started yet. Amazing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, I'm like freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And a friend of mine, a friend of mine, I'm sitting there and my phone buzzes, my phone buzzes and, and my friend Phil sent me a picture of a Grammy and it just says wands at the bottom. Yeah. And I started crying. Oh my God. Baby. Cause it was like, fuck. I'm about to cry. That's crazy. Bro. I mean, you know, for a guy like me who had been grinding for so hard, for sure. so long and it just seemed, it's like, I'm not, I'm not even in the right building to knock on the right door. Yeah. It just didn't seem like it. Out of nowhere comes this thing and all of a sudden I'm doing this, right? Yeah. So then, after that, 2014 was like, well, the song's not number one anymore. And now they start pushing Can't Hold This. Well, this is a new thing. Mm. We had gone from doing Thrift Shop twice a night, once in the regular rotation, and then the encore. Mm. And now it's like... When we go back, this is the moment. And I'm like, okay, we'll let the young guy get his thing. Kind of different animal. A little bit of a different animal. What happens to me now? I'm no longer the point of the spear. What do I do? Well, you just sit back and watch. Because I'm older, right? Right. 
And, and for me, there was really no ego involved because I, I wasn't anything before this yeah. to me, yeah. right? right? I was, you know, but I tell you one thing. The thing that haunted me was one man's name, mm-hmm. Sleepy Brown. Mm. Yep. Now, he knows who Sleepy Brown is. I know Sleepy Brown. And everyone, everyone will know who Sleepy Brown is when I sing Sleepy Brown's part that mm-hmm. Sleepy is known yeah. for. I like the way you move. Da, da, da. Yeah, I like uh-huh. the way mm-hmm. you Him move. Him and Big Boy have a new record yeah. coming out. Well, see, the whole thing of it is, is like, I didn't want to be Sleepy Brown because at that time, in 2014, that song had already hit. And where the hell was Sleepy Brown? Yeah, where is Sleepy Brown? He's actually still, still producing all the Outcast records. Where is Sleepy <laughs> yeah. Brown now? Uh, you know, I tried, yeah. I tried to reach out to him and, yeah. f- and try to find him, yeah. you know, right. because I was like, ah, I didn't know. Nobody knew what to do with me. Yeah. Because here I am, this 50-something-year-old cat on this big-ass record that everybody knows. Do you know how many offers I got to do collabs? I'm sure. That would be, like, none. Yeah. None. Do you know how many offers I got to, like, investigate you know, here, let's have a conversation and see if we'd like to manage you or, or do this opportunity or anything like that? You mm-hmm, know how many? Mm-hmm. None. Yeah. So weird. So how are you going to use this? What are you going to do? Good question. Yeah. I'm, after five years, I'm still... I was going to say, that was 2013-14. 2019 I'm, now. I'm yeah. still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Because what I found is nobody knew what to do with a 50-something-year-old 50 50 cat yeah. who was on one of the biggest records in the world. Yeah, but you thought that about the 30-something-year-old cat, too, dude. Look what happened. That's insane, so, bro. That's insane. So, so the only thing that I've, I've been able to do, which has been very difficult, especially watching you know, Ben's career keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Because he has that – he has – that brain trust, he's right? He's got legs, man. He's got, you know, but yeah. he's got an organization. He's got a squad. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's got a team. He's got that. Yeah. What did I have? Yeah. I went into it with nothing. Yeah. I still have nothing. My attempts to, to build stuff mm. haven't worked out. Yeah. You know, producers have come and gone. Management opportunities have come and gone. And, you know, that's why 2015, when I saw the end of the tour schedule coming, it's like, screw this. You know, I, I was in love with a woman and, and, she was dating someone else, and he was not as advertised, and I wanted to win her back. And mm-hmm. one of the things she said is, you know, he's not even trying to find a job. Yeah. Two weeks later, I had a job. I can look at you, though, and tell you. That's I, the only reason I, I have a job. I see a life well-lived, bro, and I see, like, I, I see just immense talent, and, like, you're blessed, man. Oh, it's and, amazing. I appreciate that. Well, it's we amazing. Go back, we go back. I mean, this is, this is how I would tie it all together. Mm. And we've talked about this, of course. A lot. And, like, you, I mean, you said it. Before all this, mm-hmm. you had that conversation mm-hmm. where you were talking about how, you know, this, we do this because we have to do this. No, Not, it, right? the, that's, a, that's the wrong way to put it. We do it because we love it. And because we love it, we can't not, it, cannot right. not do it. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. That's more accurate. I, I, I stand corrected and I agree. Yeah. I agree. So here we are again. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, because again, it's like you look at that kind of stuff. It's like you said, the prep, Right. You, you were ready to do this artistically, professionally, because you've been doing it for fucking ever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Built and you, for and it. And you've taken those gigs with, you know, the North Side rappers, like, with just cash, <laughs> and you're like, whatever, I don't give a fuck, you walk in the studio, you're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You but can you call it paying s- penance. Right, right. You well, were, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. Dues are, you know, everybody pays dues. Right. Everybody exactly. pays dues. And, every, dues. and that's what's really interesting, right. watching, uh, not, not the current... Not the current level of, of, of hip-hop performer in Seattle, mm-hmm. but the kind that was coming up around uh, and outside of the circle that Ben is in, mm-hmm. right? right. Mm-hmm. They wanted everything, like, 
tomorrow. Yeah. And it's right. like, yo, you know, they, they, you know, you have to give me a show. It's like, yo, yeah. <laughs> you got to earn No, it's spot. like Jody was talking about a young kid that, well, you know, he's like knew Jody was in the, around the industry and knew a lot about music. Right. And he's like, he just wants it to happen. He doesn't want to do the work. Right. You know, and, and, and when you're young, you don't want, and, and you know. That's the thing that, that's the thing that people, they criticize Macklemore having not investigated and seen oh, the yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? I go to Macklemore's house and I pull. I walk in the driveway and I look at the house and I know where the work. Yeah, right? I know where it all came from. I, I saw. I I saw it. Sure. I saw it when the millions were being made. I was there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It was thousands before it became millions, and I watched it. Yeah. And what's really funny is, other than that, the the growth that has to protect his life, right? Mm-hmm. His personality, his mm-hmm. family, his loved ones. You know, your disposition changes. The business will change you because you become the focal point of all things good and bad. I think he's handled it really well. And like, I think I get you know, he's handled it a lot better than most. Yeah, has he, sure. has he like, tripped out and bought everything on the planet, flout, you know, flouting his wealth everywhere? No. No. Has he, like, totally bad-mouthed the whole scene and totally taken a shit on the town? No. Right. No. Right. Ha, you know, has he come back and flamed out the people, every, you know, all the, the four or five rappers in this town who have tried to light him on fire because he didn't personally come and say here i'll help you and i'll, I'll back you and stuff like that right. yo i was on the biggest record he had mm-hmm. right. he didn't come and say let's make another record with me mm-hmm. if right. he's not going to do it with me what the fuck makes you think he's going to do it with you yeah you know right? that, that, well, like you said he didn't come back there was no retribution there was, there was yeah no. but he didn't come back you know right. it's like it's just it's really funny to me how people gauge what they think they know yeah and when i hear about it i mean there was a song last year that i got i got announced in right mm-hmm. and it's like yeah and Wands is living on on fucking food stamps in section 8 <laughs> you know because I'd been in the same two bedroom apartment I'd been in forever yeah. right and I thought that was like that's awful bad form sir <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quite characterize it that way sir because you know I live debt free I don't have any debts and I own everything I have did you work for Tableau you're making bank I just want everybody I'm, to know I'm, I'm making a decent living yeah. everybody know. everybody in Seattle knows you don't make bank here you survive here yeah, yeah. because it's expensive to live here yeah. right but I can stay here and you know I just recently bought a condo finally five years later you know you know why because I invested in my kids I paid off all my debt Um, everything that I have I own yeah right and then I tried to I did what what older cats that I that were around in the 80s and 90s told me enjoy it enjoy it right yeah and that's what I did yeah and all the while saying to the young people, like, how did this happen? How did this happen? It's like, well, I just, I just never stopped believing yeah. that it couldn't happen. Yes, that's what I. And mean. we fade the show out with, "Don't stop no, believing." No, no, I want to, I want to tell this because this is something that happened today. No, I didn't mean we were not today. I got a YouTube notification that the song that I that I that I produced and put out during the whole you know highlight of you know while it was still building, mm-hmm. right. Because it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, but I had to get out something because that, that light was on me. And so I wanted to put out something to try to attract my own bees. You know what sure. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I tapped a friend of mine and did a video for a song called Get Lucky. Mm-hmm. I just watched it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really funny is... It's, it's really like, good, by the way. It's well, excellent, actually. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, the, I, think, well, I think my biggest mistake was putting out a song called Get Lucky at the same time that another person named Pharrell put out a song called Get Lucky. <laughs> Whoops. Or maybe that was genius. I don't know. <laughs> but, 
That's why it's taken five years for it to crack. Right. It was really well done, dude. I was like in prison. I was like, why did I? So they called. What did it it crack? Uh, 50,000. Well, I wonder if he was actually. I might. I was. I don't know. I, I don't. I was just. I was totally surprised. And so yeah. it's like. So I pushed it out that 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 I got that notification, and it's like, thirty percent of the review. Wow, this is a great new song. This yeah. is a great new song, and I'm like, put this out. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't look at the date that it was released. Oh, no. like YouTube, YouTube, take the date off. <laughs> but I want to continue to look at it like this. You had a dream. Yeah. You got to live that dream, and you're still living that dream. And you exactly. You know, and that's the, that's 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 the thing that I you know people say. What is it like? Well, parts of it aren't very happy. I mean, there sure. been, there have been depression parts because. You know, all of a sudden, it's like everybody loves me for that song, but if I do anything else, I don't get any attention. Yeah, but you keep doing that. That's a hard high to come off of. And it's a hard thing. It's it's taken me a long time to get right with that in my head and my heart. It's taken therapy. It's taken medication. Mm -hmm. It's taken, you know, sometimes it was, you know, I have to take a couple of days off work because I'll drive into a fucking pole. Yeah. Because I don't feel like the person who was ready for that thing. Yeah. And it was a fluke. You know, it was a flash in the pan thing. And it's really hard to get your mind right with that. Yeah. Even though all I ever said before that was like, all I need is one. Yeah. All I need right. is one. But right. that's the thing about the business. Right. One, it's like it's laced potatoes. It's like laced potato chips. Let's say it. no it's one, like crack. No it's one can eat like one. You want more. You want more. <laughs> right. You want more. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can say it. It's like crack. It's it is. Like, it is. It's like any other. Too many? It's, yeah. it's like any other mind-altering substance because yep. that's exactly what happens. Well, I was talking to my yeah. buddy Taylor about this last night about this this chick and how he's just like we just don't let things be okay and wonderful sometimes, you know. And he was just like, yeah, and there's not a problem with her, dude, but. That in itself is the problem. And I'm just like, dude, you're so sick, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, is, I got to make a problem yeah, here. That, that's like, ca- yeah, but see, the thing it's is difficult, that humans, humans thrive on drama. Yeah. Why? Because it is the thing that gives them that adrenaline that helps them feel like they're alive. Like, you know, that's the, the I forget what movie it is. You know why pain is good? It reminds you you're still alive. Yeah. Right. Right. So a lot of people create their own pain. I, have a, I used to have a saying. It's like, you know, life on life's terms. Well, that's life, you know. Drama? Life. Drama? Well, that's life after I fucked with it a little bit. Right? <laughs> and so when you start fucking it, all of a sudden you're noticing, you know, you, you get to a point where it's like you have so much going on in your world that's negative, And you got to be honest with yourself and say, what's the common denominator with all this bullshit? Mm -hmm. I'm the common denominator with all this bullshit. So when you get that honest and you start reeling everything in and trying not so much to press yourself out there, Mm -hmm. you find yourself being a lot more content with where you are and who you are and what you have. Rather than finding, you know, trying to, this is what I don't get about the rap game. You know, why does there always have to be somebody better than somebody else? Well, right. it's a flash in the pan, fucking. Industry, but see, no, you know? it's it's a competitive thing. It, it is a real it, competitive it, thing, and and just like it's you know, uh, Russell Wilson to tell you, it's like you got to be the best. You got to be the best. You got to be the best. Yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what makes him one of the best, right? Yeah. And it, I'm not going to for once ever claim that I have that com- that much of a competitive spirit, yeah. because I have been on the bottom side of competitors for most of my life. Got beat up a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. and when I once I got to college, like there were tons of kids that were better than me, mm-hmm. but none of them could do what I do. Yeah, and it took a, it took another thirty years for me to figure that out. And oh. now I, you know, and now it's like, you give me a microphone and put me in front of a crowd of people, and something's going to happen. Yeah. and not everybody can do that. Yeah, and that's 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 my claim to fame. No, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Like when I DJ, I still get that. I'm just like, you know, I want to be like Ben during that one show. I want to throw up, but when I get out there, I'm like, this is great. Yep. I love this. There's nothing yep. like it. It's a 
it's what I was meant to do. But you know, when you get older too, like I don't enjoy it as much. D and me was just talking to Jody about that mm-hmm. DJ and you kind of, he's like, yeah, I feel old. I turned down a gig the other day and it's just like, hey, just, it gets different. It gets different. Everything does though. Yeah. Because yep. you know, the, the realization, especially when you get, when you get north of 35 and 40, you start realizing that everything is temporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I saw three people, three posts today on my, in my Facebook feed. One woman, her, her, her husband got dizzy and fell off a roof. He's got a brain tumor. Damn. Right? One, guy's, uh, one guy is like, oh, shit, I just lost that friend of mine. And Dr. Hook died. Yeah, and Dr. Hook died. Right? Oh, God bless Dr. Hook. Yeah. So the whole thing of it is, is that what I'm reminded of in this, you know, my parents haven't been around, but they still teach me shit. Yeah. You know? Well, I think you got a lot to teach people. So. I, I try to. Yeah. I try to share my experience because my experience is unique, <clears throat> but... There are similarities with most people. Yeah. But it's, it's how you look at things. And this is what, you know, I've been, in a, I've been in a recovery program for almost 20 years. Yeah. And I still slip a little bit mentally because I, my mind doesn't get right. Mm. And I have to re-energize that battery so that I can see reality for what it is and accept it for what it is yeah. instead of what I wish it could be. I have to start wherever I am, not where I wish I would be. Yeah. I have to use whatever I've got. Not what I had, not what I wish I had, yeah. and then I have to do the best that I can today. And the and and the the, the hard part, not care about the result. Yeah, yep. that's it. It's all about the effort. That's the it's the only thing we, any of us ever control is how much we put into yes. anything: our job, our relationship. Okay. You know, how much do you actually pay attention to driving? Well, that's why you drove into the back of that car. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is it? uh, God let us be in charge of the journey, but not the destination. In art school, school they tell you, do the work, stay out of the results. Yep. It's true. And that's true. And that's whether we're artists or musicians or whatever the fuck. Everything on the inside of of your skin, that's your business. Everything on the outside of your skin, it's none of your goddamn business. business. (laughs) And that's, and, that's, and that's the best work, right? That's the work where you go, oh, wow, because that person was actually invested in the work when they were doing the work. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's you true. Know, it and, makes you know, a difference. Like any other garden. I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever grown a garden, and I've, I'm, you know, to the, you people listening in the podcast, if you've never grown a garden, I suggest that you go back, revert back to like fourth and fifth grade and go get a bean and put it in a little Dixie cup and watch it grow. Because you you will change as it grows mm-hmm. because you're cultivating it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of things in life are like that. If you plant seeds that are good seeds and you tend the garden well, you will get good fruit. Now, it may not be the best fruit. You're not, you may not sell pineapples to Dole, but you'll be content because this is something that you invested your person into. As, you know, it's like your kids. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter if your kid grows up and kills 20 people. They're still your kid, and you still love them. Yeah. Right? Damn right. Because you still remember changing. Shout out to my kids. Damn, <laughs> Damn murderers. <laughs> right. I mean, but, you know, I mean, that's the reality. That's right. the, the, the reality is, is that, you know, the, to a certain extent, you, when you put yourself into something, you get more out of it when it succeeds and when it fails. Yeah. Right? Because you care about it, and you did that, bro. And I'm I'm super proud of you. I think it's awesome. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh is it? Oh, there he goes. Oh, the one it. looker. Uh, just <laughs> it's one, amazing. Just, just a little hair. Just a little. I'm waiting hair. for. I'm waiting for that. For that. The bird. Pe- the, the penis guy. No, I'm waiting for the bird. It's like liberty, <laughs> liberty. When Limo figures out that that's his reflection, <laughs> <laughs> he pokes the 
She wants it. It's been a pleasure, uh, my brother. Yeah, Shake my yeah, hand. Yeah. And um, we're looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future for sure. I think it's. Well, something. the future's not that far away. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of stuff in cooking. Jody, so, my musical mensch, thanks for being here again. Thanks for listening course. to T-Bomb, folks. Ryan on sound. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. And um, Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, all of the things. All You'll the find stuff. links to a photo we're about to take with Mr. Wansley. T- um, T-Bomb. And, and, go and, and go and check out his Instagram, which my wife, Jamie, absolutely loves. She just thinks you're just the most wonderful person in the world. Well, she's always posting pictures of your kid, and I think that you guys are the, you're the future of the whole. You're the hope and the future of all the planet. No, my kids, because your kids are always happy. My kids are the shit. My kids are the shit. Yeah, all right. <laughs> We're peacing out, folks. Thank you so much for Thanks, listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Peace. See you. Oh.